Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 81 of Thirst and Goal. I am here. My name is Franny Ben across the table from me. And uh, this is a late start to the podcast. We had some technical issues uh, with the computer and uh, we we're just trying to figure things out. But Ben is quite the IT expert and figured it out. Well, we're back. We're on to computer number two. <laughs> so computer number one has been abandoned, uh, at least for the time being. So we won't have our usual sound effects tonight. No, no crying, baby. Uh, Hopefully it, we won't talk about Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But at some point this week, we will do uh, some kind of a reboot on that computer and see if yeah. we can't see if we can't get that one going. Uh, if not, we will be sans sounds effect for some period of time. Frane, how was your week this week? Uh, you know, it was it was not bad, man. It was not bad. I mean, I worked today, and uh, you know, I'm a little tired, and uh, you know, seeing as we're starting an hour and a half later than we usually do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, at least you know I've, I've been drinking a little bit, uh, but you know, still. Uh, Still a little tired. What about you? Uh, agreed. Also a little bit tired. Good week, though. Long week, but a good week. Uh, you know, some issues on the home front, but other than that, <laughs> things are fine. Uh, so we'll try to move things along, if only for ourselves tonight. Friday, what are you drinking over there? Uh, tonight, Ben, I got some of the Basil Hayden's Dark Rye with a little bit of Coke and a splash of club soda. What about you, Ben? Very nice. And I am drinking, continuing to take it old school with a Tangeray and tonic, and we've got a little bit of Budweiser, a beer that oh, Friday yeah. has never had before Bud in Light. his entire life. Bud Light, I've I've had, but regular Budweiser here in the states, I haven't had it. But you know, we had that Czech Republic Budweiser, so I've I've had it over there. Oh, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So that's a little bit of a theme, at least for myself, as we continue to quarantine or quasi quarantine. Taking it old school, back to the roots. We did a Pabst, we did a Miller, we did a Coors. Fosters. And we did a Fosters. And this week we're on to the king of beers, <laughs> Is Budweiser. Uh, Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Uh, tonight, Ben, as usual, we have our NFL news. We have a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also we have our promo. We do. But we do have we a do. promo. I wasn't sure if we were able to get that on this computer. We have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. We also have our tag team news, our Thurston Goal news, my Eagles, Ben Steelers, and Sonya's Seahawks. We have our feel-good story. We also have our shot of the week, um, which is currently coagulating because it has Bailey's. Hopefully hopefully, it's not going to be so too chunky by the yeah, time exactly. we get to that. It's been sitting on the table for, uh, for a little bit of time uh, since we've been trying to figure out these computer issues issues we also have our brown or beverage of the week which is a cognac Ben, we haven't had a cognac in probably almost two months now it's, yeah, it's, it's been exactly. a little while since we've had a cognac we haven't we don't we haven't sampled too many cognacs on the show i think this might be our seventh one and this is our 81st episode so uh, not too many cognacs on the show but i'm 
always excited to try a new cognac. We also have our beer of the week, which was from San Diego. Bro. Hey, bro. It's, is it dank? I wonder if it's dank, oh, bro. I bet it's dank, I don't bro. Know. And uh, we also have our housekeeping to finish up the show. All right. Yeah, this might be an interesting episode because as we're starting uh, quite late, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll, you and I will probably move through this a little bit more quickly Maybe. than we Maybe. normally do. Uh, so this might be our inaugural, uh, episode that is within a reasonable period of time. Hey, last, last week, last was under two hours, under two hours, two, which is pretty good for us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And, uh, so we'll do whatever we can do, uh, during this week to get these computer issues sorted out. Uh, even if it means, unfortunately, getting another, uh, computer to go along with our podcast and front NFL news. What's first up on the big board? Well, first up on the big board, Ben, I see Dak Prescott on the agenda, and I am pouring my shot per our drinking game agreement. It's the punishment shot. I'm sure I'll say something negative about Dak Prescott. Yes, Dak is playing on the tag. Despite this past Wednesday deadline to sign Dak Prescott to a long-term deal, there was no, and there were no real talks between the Dallas Cowboys and the quarterback's agent, Todd France. The Cowboys did make an offer uh, that would pay the quarterback 33 to $35 million annually with more than $100 million guaranteed. There was at least one offer on the table this past week. There was expected to be more urgency in getting a deal done that would lock Dak Prescott up for the long term while making the quarterback one of the highest paid QBs in the NFL. Prescott signed the exclusive franchise tag tender worth $31.4 million on June 22nd, which guaranteed he would not miss any of training camp whenever that will actually begin. Without, without a long-term deal by 4 p.m. this past Wednesday, Prescott is, in fact, going to play on the tag. If the Cowboys were to put the tag on Prescott again in 2021, it would be $37.7 million, and the following year it would be something like $47 million. So I don't see that happening. Uh, the biggest hang-up in the negotiations has been the length of the contract. The Cowboys have offered Prescott five-year deals, while France, the agent, has countered with four-year options. In March, Sources said the Cowboys made an offer to Prescott that averaged $34.5 million, which at the time was only, was second only to Russell Wilson's $35 million from the Seattle Seahawks with a guarantee on par with the $110 million uh. Jared, Jared the Rocket Goff received from the L.A. Rams this summer. Is that, is what, that his new nickname? That's going to be yeah. my nickname for him. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the opposite of whatever he is. He's more like a bumper car, so we'll go with the Rocket uh, for Jared Goff. Ronnie, what say you about Dak Prescott not getting a deal done? You know, he, was, he says he's happy. Can't look, you know, look well, forward I'd, to playing I'd be, on the tag. I'd be happy with thirty-one point four million myself because he's not really worth thirty-one point four million. I've said it multiple times. He's worth anywhere between twenty-five and thirty. Above thirty, he's not that type of a quarterback. I would never give this guy more than thirty million dollars. He's just not worth it. I mean, he's really. I mean, if if he was, let's say he plays the tag this year, gets paid thirty-one point four million dollars, and becomes a free agent next year, which team would actually pay this guy? Over $30 million. There'll be a team out there somewhere I, that is willing to do it. I know he has experience. You know, they just re-up. Kirk, Kirk Cousins got a new two-year deal. His, was it last well, year at, at 27? Yeah, but he's also accomplished more in the league uh, than Dak Prescott. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys aren't that much worse than uh, the Minnesota Vikings. 
Uh, Vikings know, are actually better. They're, I mean, they're, they're I mean, they're a better team, yeah. They're, but I mean, he doesn't have the same offensive line uh, that that Dak Prescott has had. I mean, yes, he's had some good running backs, um, just like Dak Prescott does have um, his wide receivers. Yeah, he has some pretty good wide receivers yeah, as I well. Yeah, I would say Maybe, I know, we'll, and we'll see. And we'll see what happens this year with uh, without Diggs. Yeah, uh, we'll see how well he plays. But I mean, he you know he has he did win his playoff game uh, this year. He, I mean, he he did beat the Saints, uh, but Dak Prescott hasn't really accomplished any of that. I mean, you know the one playoff game that he did win was sort of handed to them i don't give him too much credit in that game um but you know i I don't i don't i I was surprised though because i also did mention you know weeks back that i thought they would get something done and and it's 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 uh you know it's crazy to think that you know it came down to a four or a five-year deal i mean there's really not a huge difference we talked about this last week on the podcast really doesn't make that big of a difference between four and five years if you're making around 34 and a half 35 million dollars. I mean that makes absolutely no sense. I don't know what his agent is thinking. Yeah, I mean he allegedly wants to get another big contract after that, so that's a sticking point. He should worry about his first yeah, contract. He should worry about he, his first he contract. Gets his second contract. Uh, but I was actually shocked by this and I won't go through the the 15 minute uh diatribe that I went on last week in the ben. week before. Go ahead, ben. About it seems Dak like you Prescott have more, more hatred for Dak Prescott than I do. Well, and I'm I just, an Eagles fan. I need I need to see and I'm really heartened uh, by what Jerry Jones did here. Uh, you know, you need to see results. I know he had a great year his first year. Uh, there was another good year in there. And he had I mean, he has good stats. I mean, his, his stats have yards improved year. year over year. He's, he's, he's gotten better. There's no doubt in that. But the team hasn't gotten better. And that's what you want to see. You want to see a quarterback elevate the team. And he just has not been able to, especially this year in arguably the worst division in the league. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I mean, I don't think he's worth it. I don't think he's worth a five-year contract for $35 million. Plus, I mean, Franny and I have said a million times, you know, quarterbacks don't grow on trees, uh, but you can't strong arm your ownership group into providing you or offering you a contract that's way out of line with your actual talent and your actual wins and losses. You see what the poor Rams have, you know, what the situation that they're now in with an average quarterback in Jared Goff that was locked up for, you know, $110 million in guaranteed money. They're going to roll with him for at least two, two more years, uh, because of that contract. Eight and eight in the, in a division with Washington, Philadelphia, or what was left of Philadelphia last year, uh, and to only finish eight and eight and to not make the playoffs, you know, seceding the playoff spot to Philadelphia last year. No excuse for that. Uh, there are a lot of other options out there. There will be in the draft for the Cowboys. And I was really heartened to see that Jerry Jones put a line in the sand after, uh, you know, unfortunately paying Amari Cooper, but at least he put a line in the sand here and said, no, we're not going to just back up the mm-hmm. truck of money to your house and just unload it for you and your dogs. You know, we are, we're going to, we're going to put a line in the sand. So I was heartened to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I mean, it also play, makes he's, you, it's a prove it year. We'll see what yeah, he does. It makes you wonder how much confidence the Cowboys have in Dak Prescott if they weren't not willing much. to go for that five year deal. I mean, because to me, it, it it really shouldn't have come down to that. I mean, they really should have signed a contract for you know either four, either four or five. But if if they're not willing to give them just that extra year, I mean, it shows that they're not a hundred percent confident in this guy moving forward. Yeah, and we'll go through a little bit more this week. You know, we're going to do the offensive line rankings, but we've done the rankings in the past. I'm just passing that shot. You know, to you, ben. eight and eight, top five in. Wide receiver ranking, yeah. top five in offensive line ranking, top five 
in defensive ranking, top five in running back ranking, mm-hmm. eight and eight. Yeah, you should do better than that. I know he threw for a shit ton of yards, and you know his statistics look good on paper. But at the end of the day, uh, as Russell Wilson will tell you, uh, and you know Pete Carroll will tell you, wins and losses matter more than statistics. Russell Wilson will probably never throw for five thousand yards as long as Pete Carroll is the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. But what they will have is wins and playoff wins along the way. Something that the Dallas Cowboys do not have. <laughs> All right, Friday, you want to do a shot in I'll honor do, I'll, of I'll do a shot. I mean, I, I the said last year that Dak Prescott will be in your division. He, you know, I I would hope that he stays in the division for you know four to five years because uh, it, it it just ensures that the Eagles will have a better chance of winning the division every year that he is the starting quarterback. All right, let's <laughs> do this. What are we drinking? It is. What did I pour in here? I, oh, I poured the Jim Beam Peach Ooh, Band. We've been drinking the, the, uh, the Southern Comfort one. That's Lime a rough one. the last few weeks. And actually, I, maybe you should have poured the Lime because we could have just killed off that bottle. But you know what? I know how much you hate this peach. I'm not a big fan of it myself. It's pretty disgusting. But this is a punishment shot, Ben. We had that agreement. You know, months and months ago, uh, you know, if you say anything uh, negative about a team in your division, you take a shot. If I say anything negative about a team or players in my division, I take a shot. And if Sonia says anything negative about a team in her division, then she also takes a shot, Ben. So this is the punishment shot. Here we go. It's definitely not worth that $31.4 million, even for this year. Definitely not. Nope. Here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Yeah, not that great. It's pretty disgusting, and when it's warm, mm. it's even worse. <laughs> so, Jim Beam, you know, keeping the college kids drunk uh, in the South for a long time to come with drinks like that. I could see mixing that with uh, a whole host of different things along the way. That's yeah, definitely uh, a headache in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Next up, Derek Henry. A flurry of contracts at the deadline this year. The Tennessee Titans and star running back Derrick Henry have reached an agreement on a four-year, $50 million contract that includes $25.5 million in guaranteed money, a source told Adam Schefter, and it was confirmed later in the week. The Titans announced the deal on Wednesday, but didn't disclose the terms. But they have now reached deals with Henry and quarterback Ryan Tannehill in one offseason. Henry's contract, which averages $12.5 million a year, will make him the NFL's fifth, fifth highest paid running back, trailing only Panthers Christian McCaffrey at $16 million, the Cowboys Ezekiel Elliott at $15 million, the poor Jets and Le'Veon Bell at $13.1 million, and the Texans and oft injured and overhyped David Johnson at $13 million. Seriously, $13 that's yeah. crazy. What say Forgot you about that? About David Johnson? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's been taken yeah. high in fantasy drafts for like what three or four years in a row and underperformed in each. Was he injured? He was in. Was he injured? Yeah, he's been yeah, injured. He's been he, had, he had a, at least one really good year. Yeah. Uh, but what do you? What say you about Derrick Henry, the tractor trailer, yeah. the Brandon Jacobs? <laughs> Of the well, Tennessee he's, Titans, he's he's better than Brandon Jacobs. I mean, he's faster than Brandon Jacobs. I mean, he 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 turns his uh, defenders into blockers. <laughs> basically, That's true. this guy. That's true. I mean, he carried the team in the playoffs. Yeah. He really did carry the team. Tannehill didn't have to do much because Derrick Henry basically did everything. I mean, they just ran the rock 
with Henry. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's difficult to sign a running back to long-term deal just because of the amount of injuries that these guys sustain, uh, the, the workload that these guys put in. I mean, it's it's the toughest uh, position in football to play. Um, but he's really come into his own, especially this year. This is what we've expecting, been expecting from Derrick Henry since he was uh you know, picked up in the draft. His rookie season, you know, it was okay. But, I mean, he hasn't really looked like the guy that we expected to be until this year, uh, in the playoffs especially. And for a guy to show up the way he did when it mattered most, deserves a payday. Yeah, I agree. And it's not particularly expensive. Uh, you know, 12, whatever it was, $12.5 million per year, only 25 and a half million dollars guaranteed, putting him behind uh, some pretty bad contracts with the exception of Christian McCaffrey, who appears, at least as we sit here today, to continue to be earning Mm. that $16 million contract that he got this offseason. But Ezekiel Elliott at 15 did not perform at $15 million levels. God knows Le'Veon Bell did not. (laughs) And David Johnson, you know, they're pinning a lot of their hopes down there. In Texas, in Houston, on David Johnson. But at least they've got a complement of running backs down there uh, along with Johnson. But I agree. Derrick Henry was was really a lot of fun to watch this past season, especially down the stretch on that run that got the Tennessee Titans Mm -hmm. up and over the Pittsburgh Steelers and into the playoffs last year. So, you know, good for Derrick Henry. Seems to be, you know, by all accounts, uh, a great guy in the locker room as well. So good for, you know, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans, and let's hope, you know, this sort of level sets what the contract price will be for, you know, top-tier running backs in the league, because I think that's about as high as you want to go at that position. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, even that, I mean, it's high, you know, $12.5 million, but in his case, I think it's fair. If he yeah. can stay healthy. And I hope fair. he does. I hope he does. Yeah, he's still fairly young. Another big Contract coming in here at the deadline. Franny, Chris Jones, once, you know, belittled as a problem player in the SEC, just got himself a big, big payday. The Kansas City Chiefs and defensive tackle Chris Jones have reached an agreement on a four-year contract. According to the sources, this is an $80 million contract that includes $37 million due at signing. Wow, that's a big payday at signing. 60 millions guaranteed for injury, 60 million guaranteed for injury, 5 million in incentives, making the overall value of the contract $85 million. The Chiefs and Jones, who received the team's franchise tag earlier this season, agreed to terms short of the deadline. The extension comes after a week after Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes agree to a 10-year contract up to $503 million. The extension does not begin until the 2022 season for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, also, the Browns on Wednesday actually signed Miles Garrett to a contract as well. But what say you about Chris Jones getting $60 million guaranteed of an $80 million four-year contract? That's a big burden for the Chiefs to carry it with is. Patrick Mahomes, Chris Jones, and they will. They, they renegotiated Sammy Watkins' contract, but there are a lot of big paydays on that Chiefs roster. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good players on that Chiefs roster, and and can't uh, pay him all sixty no, million dollars. Not going to be able to. Uh, but I mean, he's you know he's he's been he's been uh, you know great for the Chiefs on the defensive side of the ball. We always talk about their offense, but you know their defense really showed up late this season. Um, you know they were the reason. Uh, you know 
sort you know part of the reason they turned it around uh, in the second half of the Super Bowl to win the game. Um, so I mean, it's 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 a great signing for the Chiefs. I mean, it's a great signing for uh, for you know. For Chris Jones, I mean, that's, yeah. that's 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 quite a bit of money. 80, 80, that's 80, quite a bit of money, 80% right there. Percent of the contract guaranteed. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, you know, like I said last week, I mean, they always do such a great job in the draft, getting these fast, speedy receivers, running backs, whatever it is. Uh, but you you need to uh, solidify that defense, and I think uh, this is you know it's a good move for them. I agree. Uh, also, the Browns got yeah. helmet waving, flailing, lie telling Miles Garrett. Uh, is now the highest paid non-quarterback ever when the Browns signed him to a five-year contract extension this week through 2026, $125 million in new money. A five-year, $125 million contract for Miles Garrett. He's coming for Mason Rudolph if he sees the field this year. Uh, but that's a huge contract a for the Browns. Yeah, it is a lot of money. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know what to think about that one. I think they threw a little bit of too much cash uh, at Miles Garrett for yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, the Browns have underperformed, you know, at least for the last, every year that uh, they've been <laughs> under the tutelage of Baker Mayfield. I think that's a lot of money you know, to, to shell out on a roster that clearly needs a lot of work or continues to need a lot of work. And, you know, yeah, everybody wants to have a Miles Garrett on their team, but I think they probably could have either let him play it out and yeah. sign a contract either next year or with another team next year. But I just think that's a, that's a big commitment to a defensive player on a, on a team that is generally uh, in disarray. Although we'll see what Kevin Stefanski and his crew of generally uh, always yeah, yeah yeah of number of number crunchers and analytics folks are going to be able to do with the Browns this year and next but I think that's a little bit too rich for my blood I, I think so I think so I agree with you Ben and as a Steeler and, fan he's in your division not particularly happy about yeah. <laughs> signing a guy that starts swinging helmets around in uh, the I mean, end zone the way Mason Rudolph uh, in my played. division. The way Mason Rudolph played this year, I think he he did you guys a favor. Yeah, that's <laughs> he should have maybe he should have connected with that helmet. Oh, then I don't know who would have been Devlin Hodges would have been in there even sooner. Well, he's not any worse. No, that's I mean, true. They're pretty much the same level of quarterback oh, right the there. Duck. I don't have my sound effects. Oh, yeah, that's why that's why we need the sound effects yeah, right there. I don't have my sound effects. Uh, next up, Frane, the Washington football team. The name is officially a thing of the past. Washington's NFL franchise, that's how we have to refer to them now, has released the following statement this morning or this uh, morning on July 3rd. Uh, they announced the commencement of a thorough review of the team's name. That review has begun in earnest and is part of the process. They want to keep their sponsors, fans, and community apprised of their thinking going forward. Today they announced, or I think it was on July 3rd, they announced we'll be retiring the Redskins name and logo upon completion of this review. So the name is gone after mm -hmm. 100 damn near 100 years with that name the redskins name is officially gone yeah and now of course uh the politicos have moved on to all the teams in baseball and all the teams in the ncaa that also have problematic names uh but it, as of as we sit here today the washington football team will have a new name going into the 2020 season mm -hmm. Friday, what do you think uh, well, we talked about it last week yep. uh, also. And, you know, I mean, like I said, I mean, just just 
growing up as a kid, I was, I mean, I mean, you know, nine, 10 years old, I always thought there was something a little off about that name. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a bit racist to call a team the Redskins. I just never made it much sense to me growing up and it's been a long time coming. I think they did the right thing, uh, you know, to move on and it's time to choose a new name for, for the sure. team. Yeah. Money talks and bullshit won't balk. It was Dan Snyder and Nike pulling them all of the paraphernalia off of their website. I think Amazon and some other companies also pulled all of their Mm -hmm. uh, merchandise down and FedEx threatened to relieve them of their sponsorship. So it wasn't long ago that Dan Snyder said that he would never change the name of the team. It would have to be over his dead body. But apparently tens of millions of dollars in lost revenue was enough to change his mind. Uh, They also dropped a huge bombshell on the Washington football team this week. There was an article in the Washington Post where at least 15 different women have accused a lot of different folks in the Washington uh, front office and in their executive suites of sexual harassment. Uh, Some of them had been, you know, some of these individuals have been fired. Some are on on the way out. And there's also talk that, you know, multiple uh, minority owners have have sought to sell their stakes in the team, and some have in fact sold their stakes in the team. So it really looks like a mess mm-hmm. in Washington. Looks like a mess also in Dallas. So if I were a Philadelphia Eagles fan, because it also <coughs> looks like a mess in New York. So it would be a good year potentially to be an Eagles fan. But it was a tough week for the Washington football team. No, yeah, I mean, and I just wonder what what name they'll choose you know i mean there's there's so many that have been thrown around you know the red tails uh there was there was a few i mean i think the, the generals warriors, the, the warriors generals, yeah um yeah there, there's there's been quite a few so i just, I just uh you know i'm curious to see what yeah they come up with i think they're gonna go with the red tails but yeah there's this gentleman down in virginia i don't know if you saw that uh who has been trademarking <laughs> oh, alternative yeah. washington names because you know you could see this sort of coming uh-huh. eventually this was going to happen and he's been selling merchandise yeah and he's been too. selling merchandise so that with makes it. it now legal uh, to yeah. hold those names as copyright yeah. right or trademark trademark uh so i mean now those are trademarked so i mean he's if if they want to use one of those names they got to pay this guy a lot of money now yeah and he's offered it to them you know i think in the past he's offered to uh essentially give them the naming rights for free I'm not sure now that the time has come that they're actually going to change their name, that the uh, that that will actually, in fact, happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I, I, th- he said it was a hobby. You know, he never I, really tried to make a lot of money on it. It was like, yeah, but I mean, like 300 trademark, bucks a name. Yeah, but I mean, that's yeah, and he has like at least 10 names. Yeah, and the good ones, too. He's got yeah. the good ones. Yeah, I mean, that's like, if they're 300 bucks each, that's $3,000 that this guy yeah. just spent just trademarking these names. And to walk away, you know, for free... I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. I mean, if it were, payday. I mean, if it were, you know, a, a different owner had come in and was trying to really clean house and do the right thing, you know, I might give them some kind of a break. Yeah, especially, but I wouldn't all, give all Dan Snyder a fucking after all these yeah, allegations. No way. Like, no, I wouldn't. I, I would charge Dan Snyder double. <laughs> uh, you know, he's one of, if not the absolute worst, least competent owners in the NFL uh, and you take that and you add on top of that that he's an also an asshole so not only is he terrible at his job of owner of owner of the team he's also a you know not a particularly nice human being uh, for someone with all that money he has a very very fragile ego 
Uh, but yeah, I just thought it was. I just can't imagine sort of sitting down on my couch at night with my <laughs> with my other computer that doesn't seem to be working, huh. and uh, and just like, well, what, you know, what are what, what what other names are there for the Cleveland Indians? Let me see. <laughs> Let me just trademark twenty five different names that have something to do with the Cleveland area, that have something to do with the history of you know of of the team, and spending three hundred dollars a pop. I mean, that's you know, there has been some litigation on this to discourage people from simply buying up domain names, buying up trademarks of, of, of names that, that are ultimately going to probably be in use. But he seems pretty, I mean, I think that, that the law is on his side as far yeah. as this goes, you know, he's been doing it in plain view for a long time mm-hmm. and even selling, uh, as, as yeah. Franny mentioned, merchandise. merchandise. Yeah. So it's an interesting time to be in the NFC East. <laughs> uh, I'm excited. All right. Uh, Franny, next up, the NFL Players Association is threatening the league. As the league and NFL Players Association negotiate the details of an unprecedented season amid the COVID-19 pandemic, Giants left tackle Nate Solder, the one of the most overpaid players in the league. The team's union rep made it clear that the sides aren't close to an agreement regarding health and safety protocols. Uh, if the NFL doesn't do their part to keep players healthy, there will be no football in 2020, Solder tweeted on Friday. It's that simple. Uh, with training camp scheduled to begin on July 28th, the league and the players union are scheduled to speak Monday, still needing to come to terms on matters such as coronavirus testing, financial compensation, and the ability of players to opt out of the season, according to the NFL network. Yeah, they've, they've, are they going, they may allow players to opt out for medical reasons for family members and they're also talking about potentially will they have open tryouts uh yeah i mean i'll try <laughs> I, I'll, yeah. I'll play for the rams sure yeah okay. <laughs> exactly uh nice stadium uh and and potentially or the chargers. i always forget about the chargers yeah. they're an la team also you know i i could i could, I could you know i could dr- i could run some routes drive down to Inglewood. i could do it i could do it i don't know if i could play. you've been working out recently ben. yeah that's I mean, true so, you know that's true i'm not I don't think I'm quite some, strong enough to get hit by pads. chris jones yeah, just just go down just go down <laughs> i'll just be marvin harrison i'll just as soon as there's a defender within 20 feet of me i'll just fall down uh the jerry rice marvin Don't harrison get blindsided approach. you know just go <laughs> yeah just fall down uh and they're also considering uh changing the injured reserve uh moving the injured reserve uh number of games or the ma- the minimum number of games from eight to three so that if people test positive they go home for three weeks they can come back and play they want it to be put on ir for three or for eight weeks they won't they can come back after three games but Franny, what do you think about the players association they're really yeah. Trying I mean, to seen, extract some blood. Yeah. Now I mean, we've seen other, uh, you know, I mean, well, the NBA is starting up uh, just right at the end of this month. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the Bundesliga, Premier League. I mean, you know, just uh, different leagues all across Europe uh, have started playing soccer once again in their little bubbles. Uh, there's no fans in the stadium, obviously. Um, so there haven't really been any hiccups that I've heard of uh, in those leagues. Uh, even the MLS uh, started playing um you know, soccer once again. They have some tournament going yep. on. I don't pay too much attention to the MLS, um, but is that still also, going? It's 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 going. It's on TV. It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. Uh, <laughs> still somehow, um, but uh, even the MLB, the, the MLB came up uh, with uh, 
with uh, it's this week. Yeah, or yesterday. Yeah, I think they're starting yeah, yeah. up. Also, they just started. Yeah, so the actually. MLB was yeah, yeah. going to start a, a short and see a sixty game or eighty game, 60 games, sixty yeah. game uh, season, which sounds just about right. We shouldn't get any more baseball than sixty games. I think sixty oh, games Lord a year in is heaven. just enough. I think you know how much do they play? Like three hundred twenty games. He's a hater. <laughs> He's a hater. I think it's 320 games. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's 320 some, games. Somewhere around there. I think they play twice a day sometimes. Um, but, you know, I th- they do play <laughs> twice know, other, a day other, other, sometimes. Uh, three times. Uh, other leagues. <laughs> three times. Triple header. You know, other leagues have been able to figure it out. And I think the NFL will figure it out. I mean, obviously, you know, not having fans in the stadium um, is, you know, it's, it's going to kind of suck, especially, you know, for some fans that are making plans to, you know buy season tickets or just you know buy tickets to the game i was speaking to one of my co-workers who is a new england patriots fan uh she, she's from boston though and, and she was making plans to go see the patriots play i don't think uh, that's gonna happen yeah that's, that's not gonna happen so i mean it sucks for those fans that can't go you know watch the games here in la at least um but i'm sure they'll they'll uh, come to a conclusion figure something out for you know for the season it could be a shortened season we'll see what happens but i just want some football to be played this year yeah i agree i mean i think that there's some of the demands are you know righteous because you know who wants to get sick if you know just doing your job uh some are the, some of the demands are a little bit you know at a left field just sort of being based on things that aren't scientifically defensible uh but primarily you know if, if i think if they allowed them to opt out if they have a sick family member, uh, I mean, a legitimately sick family member or someone that they care about or themselves have some pre-existing condition that would prevent them from playing if they were to able, if you know, if they were to get sick, they would suffer some significant consequences. I think that's fair. Uh, but they also have to pay these guys some minimum amount. I think it's a, essentially they're, they're agreeing that it'll be about $250,000 if you opt out or if they start the season, but you don't finish the season, Mm -hmm. they also have to talk about how, you know, what's going to happen with the contracts. If they have to stop the season short, you know, how much of those contracts are you going to be paid out? So there's a lot to talk about, but I think this is, you know, the, the players association is trying to do its best for the players, but it's also trying to strong arm the league a little bit. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. What do you think? Um, I think I just shared my opinion. You did. You did. <laughs> yeah. did anything, anything else after what I said, which was particularly not particularly helpful? No, it was very helpful. Ben. It <laughs> Sorry. Was, it was, Sonia it came was, out here to, very... say, to say goodnight to us, so we were a yeah. little bit, or I was a little bit distracted yeah, there, you, so I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's not on the podcast tonight. She won't be on the podcast until the season uh, starts. I know she, she she's uh, very excited to get on the podcast when uh, you know some actual football is being played. Yes, exactly. Uh, next up from CBS Sports, we have an interesting uh, segment. I wanted to hear Frane's take on this. We have the top 10, according to CBS Sports at least, the top 10 overpaid players in 2020. Uh, was, you know, Richard Sherman and a lot of other folks opining about people's contracts at Chris Jones and and Patrick Mahomes and Derrick Henry and a lot of other folks, Tannehill, and on and on and on. There were a lot of folks that got contracts this offseason. Uh, I really wanted to hear Frane's take on what CBS believes to be the top 10 most overpaid players. So coming in at number 10, Olivier Vernon, defensive end for the Browns. The 2020 cap hit is $11 million, but he has been essentially missing in action 
for many, many years. Coming in at number nine, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't remember. I mean, he had a couple of good games here and there, but uh, 8.6 million. Yeah, and he was a headache for hit. the team. Yeah, geez, yeah, that's, that was a mistake. Yeah, I mean, I, that one, you know, paying running backs, it's tough. Sorry. You know, Adrian Peterson. A- AJ Green. AJ Green coming in at $18 million on the franchise tag this year. $18 million for a wide receiver on a team that no one watches, no one pays any attention to, and he was hurt for the majority of last season, and yep. even when he was healthy, he refused to come back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what do you think about that one? $18 million. I mean, he, he definitely I mean, he, he was a, a, a top five receiver in the league at one point, but it, it's it, he's, he's, he's far removed from, from those days. Yeah, and Julio I mean, Jones is a little bit more money. Mike Evans a little bit mm-hmm. more money. Uh, and Julio Jones has a huge amount of guaranteed money, but both of those players have performed, I would say, better yeah. than A.J. Yeah. Green. And even though he's got one of your favorite quarterbacks or did have one of your <laughs> favorite quarterbacks, throwing him the ball. Hey, that was a pretty good combo right there. Number seven, Franny. Hey, Alshon Jeffrey, number seven. That's a, that's a large cap hit. 15 and a million. $15.5 million. But he has... A Super Bowl ring. That's true, and I like Alshon. I actually <laughs> and, don't and, think and he should be on this list. He, yeah, I don't think. I mean, he he was huge down the stretch for the Eagles when they went on their run. I mean, obviously last year he did get injured. Um, I mean, which which Eagles wide receiver wasn't injured last year? Greg Ward. Much all of them. Uh, but I mean, he, he's he's a great target to have on the field. I mean, you know, there are some locker room issues with him allegedly. Allegedly. Um, but uh, yeah, like you said, but I, you know, he he, he you know he. I don't know if he deserves 15 and a half, but you know, he earned 15 and a half. <laughs> I don't disagree. I actually would not have put Alshon Jeffrey on this list. Players are going to get injured. He doesn't have a long injury history yeah. in his career. I uh, didn't have a, what was he, Chicago before this? Mm-hmm. Did not have a long injury history in Chicago either. I think it's unfair to put Alshon Jeffrey on this particular list. Uh, next up, yeah, David Johnson coming in at $11.2 million in cap hit. For the Texans this year, one of the most interesting trades, I'd say, this offseason, shipping DeAndre Hopkins off to Arizona mm-hmm. in exchange for David Johnson and some draft picks. That one, I still don't understand. Yeah, and makes absolutely no sense. I mean, he, he's basically had like one good season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and one good season for a, a team without a particularly great offensive line, and now they're going to another team that I would argue doesn't have a particularly great offensive line. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, coming in at number five, I can't believe he's not higher. Jared Goff, 30, $28.8 million cap it. Also went to the Super Bowl though. He was, he, 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 yeah, he, he, did he score three points or six points? How many points did they, how many it points did they score? Again? He, he made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah. He was on the team that it, played in the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, that's what usually happens. I mean, every time these guys make the Super Bowl, uh, you know, they, they signed a large contract. I mean, he obviously didn't win, but for a quarterback to go to the Super Bowl, I mean, it's not surprising that he did sign a huge contract. And like we we always mentioned, Ben, quarterbacks don't grow on trees. I think he's decent enough. 28 and a half is a little, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot, but you know, it's too high. <laughs> I mean, according to Richard Sherman, you know, it, uh, Cam Newton should be making about a hundred and $180 million and the rest of the team should split what's left. Uh, so it should be Cam Newton and 52 guys making league minimum. Uh, Gotta next look up, at the next guy. 
Le'Veon Bell. Former Man, the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers Steeler. were really smart about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, look, I, I loved watching Le'Veon Bell when he played for the Steelers. Um, you know, the, the the way he just you know waits. Um, for the hole to open up, I mean, he he, he just just there's no holes in New York. I, there's not too many holes <laughs> in New York, but he's such a patient runner. I just love watching this guy run the ball. Well, with the Steelers, not with the Jets, so much. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, fifteen and a half million is way too much money for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I mean, uh, the Steelers, I think, were really smart about this. Mm-hmm. They cut, they, you know, they cut bait with him after the the holdout year on the franchise tag. He got what he well. He didn't get what he wanted. He, the contract was a little bit smaller, I believe, than what Bell had hoped for, with less guaranteed money mm-hmm. than he had hoped for. But a fifteen point five million dollar cap hit for a running back who desperately needs an offensive line mm-hmm. to be successful. And the Steelers had a great offensive line uh, in the three years that he performed well for the Steelers. And it, it's just too bad. That that this had to happen because he just he went to the wrong team in the wrong situation. Well, he went to the right team because he made a lot of money. Yeah, well, so, I mean, for that, him, that's, he, well, that's, yeah, that's the Richard Sherman method. Yeah, all he, he was he, looking to he, do yeah. was make money. Um, and he did. Whereas, as if he had stayed with the Steelers, he may have found a little more success. I mean, you know, he could have been our quarterback last high. year. <laughs> You're always high on the Jets. I know that, Ben. <laughs> but uh, I don't. I don't know if he's going to find much yeah, success. I always there. like Le'Veon Bell. I just I, I have a little sour taste in my mouth about that holdout on the franchise tag because I think it was a fair number. And next up, number three, Malcolm Butler, $14 million for the Super Bowl ending cornerback, formerly of the New England Patriots. Uh, $13.5 million from Malcolm Butler as a corner and an average corner at that. Uh I think he belongs at number three on this list. Yeah, and he'd been playing against the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, he he was... Completely, I don't know what happened. Allegedly, really there was a rift happened. with Belichick. I, I, and yeah, I guess, but I mean, he was one of their better quarter corners, and uh, you know, I mean, he, he would have definitely helped the team. Thank God he didn't play. Um, but yeah, that is a lot of money thirteen point four million dollars. I mean, and he made that basically off of that one play. Yeah, and I don't believe for one second that Bill Belichick held him out of that game for some personality conflict. I believe there was something else mm-hmm. going on, either physically or in the game plan, because I can't, I can't see Bill Belichick throwing a Super Bowl away. Over pride. Mm-hmm. Number two, Jacoby Brissett, someone who we thought was a great signing for the Colts, or I thought was a great signing for the Colts last year, getting him fairly cheap. Uh, I think it was on a two or three year think, deal. Yeah, it was a short last it was a short year deal. Uh, because he looked really solid uh, when luck had gone down, I think the previous year. And, but with uh, Philip Rivers coming in, that's $25 million for Rivers and $21.4 million. Mm-hmm. So they got $50 million tied up in their top two quarterbacks in Indy. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah. What do you think about uh, what? I mean, and they're still, I mean, they're still started, way under the cap. Yeah. Which I mean, goes he, to show. He started, he started the season pretty well last year. And then that's, that's where we had high hopes for uh, Jacoby Brissett and the Colts. Um, but, you know, as the season went on towards the middle of the season onward, uh, you know, he kind of floundered, didn't play too well. And, uh, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but I mean, what other option did they have at that point? They just rolled with the yeah, guy that they sort of had and, uh, you know, it was, it was a short deal. You know, they, they figured if we can't find anybody, let's roll with this guy for a couple of years and maybe find some of the draft. They eventually got Philip Rivers. Um, but you know, I mean, 18 touchdowns, six interceptions, you know, not too many yards. Um, but you know, that's not terrible. No, I mean, I think he played okay. I mean, he sort of petered out there at the end of the season, uh, but again, it's a mess in Indianapolis. I mean, I feel terrible, you know, given the ownership. I mean, Jim Ursay is a 
a terrible owner, Chris Ballard. I think his name is Chris Ballard. A, a really good GM in Indy. He just doesn't get the resources he needs uh, to sign the players that they need to compete. So, but fifty million dollars tied up with two quarterbacks—that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. That's a damn. That's that's a lot of money. And number one, who has the luxury of talking all sorts of smack about the Players Association and what the NFL, much like Richard Sherman, demanding what you, the NFL. You should take a shot for talking all this shit about Richard Sherman. I know, I probably should. All right, line me up. I'll take all you right. do a half of one. All I'll do right. one. All right. But Nate Solder, I mean, this is this is what I mean, right? I mean, he. I mean, it's great that he's that he's un, that he's under the guise of trying to protect the players, uh, but when you're making twenty million dollars a year you can make a lot of demands yeah. uh on behalf of guys that are making five hundred thousand dollars a year on a two or three year uh potentially a two or three year career uh so nate solder def 20 million dollars for a, a left great, tackle it is a great contract coming from a team yeah, in my uh, division Definitely, yeah, exactly it's great to tie up 20 million dollars in this guy I mean, obviously the most important position on the offensive line, but still, uh, that is a shit ton of money mm-hmm. uh, for a left tackle in the NFL. And, you know, continue to advocate on behalf of other guys making $20 million. Cheers, Ben. Let's do it, Richard Sherman. I'm just happy to be taking shots. We've been a long time for this podcast. with an hour yeah, and a half true. trying to figure out what the hell was going on. With the other computer. And I'm already but. distracted in my head, like, thinking about it. It's, it's sort of, like, <laughs> occupying, like, 20% of my head now. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure What's out when, when during the week am I going to f- be able to find time to try to figure that out. Because the days are pretty packed. Next Saturday. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be next, yeah, next Saturday morning. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'll try. But it's definitely, I could feel it. Like, you ever notice that? Like, you can feel in your brain that it's, like, there's 90% or 80% or 70% in the moment, and then there's other 20 or 30% that you can't, you know, you can't get the yeah, distraction I, I out of your head. I don't have much going on up there, so, you know. <laughs> but who was it that said live in the moment? That was, oh, Michael Jordan. There you go, you know, that was, live in, Don't worry about that computer right now. Live in the moment. Nate Solder, $19.5 million, way too much. Man, I'd love to be an Eagle fan. <laughs> all right, next up. Oh, I, I mean, in your division, all you have to worry about is the Baltimore Ravens, that's it. And potentially Cleveland. You oh, don't know. Oh, now you're giving Cleveland props? Well, you just never know. I mean, they're like a wild card. They're like a roulette wheel. You just don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but next up, we got the offensive line rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. You want to go 32 to 1? Yeah, let's get through one. this. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go 32 to 1. Um, you know, we don't we don't have to linger on this too long. All right, coming in that's at 32. That's a long list right there. Wait, did we do lot. this last week already? I don't, I don't we? think so. I think we were, we oh, we were, were going, going to. to do it. Uh, but coming in at 32, mm-hmm. the Miami Dolphins. It seems like it. Yeah. Not surprising. <laughs> uh, 31, the Bengals. Yep. Again, so pretty much all the bad not teams. surprising. Coming in at 30, the L.A. Chargers. Oh. Phillip Rivers happy to be out of here. Uh, we'll see what they do this year with uh, Justin Herbert, who I am very high on. Yep, yep. You've been high on him for a while. 29, Washington some name football <laughs> club uh, coming in at 29. No wonder poor Adrian Peterson wasn't able to get out of his own way last year. Uh, 28, and this is pathetic. Yeah. Best quarterback in the NFL, 
and they got the 28th One ranked of the best quarterback. No, the best quarterback in the NFL, and they've got the 28th ranked offensive line. Seattle Seahawks. What say you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I completely agree. We talked about the, I mean, we talked about this all the time, really. I mean, for, I mean, ever since the beginning of the podcast. I mean, it's been like this ever since Russell Wilson has played for this team, and it is sad that they can't put some guys around him to protect him. I mean, thank God they have him as their quarterback. If they had anybody else running around for their life, they'd Can be you like imagine a, Jared they'd, they'd Goff be like behind a, that line. They'd be like a two and fourteen football yeah. team. Jared Goff running, falling no. down. Yeah, no. Jared Goff yeah. running, falling down. I mean, just Tom Aaron Brady. Rodgers chucking a few touchdown passes well, t- I mean, and, and I, shaking I, his I, head, I, shaking his head, shaking his head. I mean, just imagine Tom Brady behind a line like that. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, he wouldn't be playing at forty three years old. I can tell you that. I mean, how long does it take to put a good offensive line together? I mean, Russell Wilson apparently it was eight years, years so far. Yeah, <laughs> eight years. Yeah, seven eight years. I mean, it is it is ridiculous. Ugh, come on, man, do better, do better. I mean, but, I mean, just look at the teams though on this list. I mean, those are that some they're surrounded by terrible yeah. teams, and, and and you know, rightfully so. I mean, if you have a bad offensive line, you're going to be a bad team. I mean, that's just, I mean, you know, that's where you win football games. And for uh, for Seattle to be as good as they are with as bad of a line as they have, I mean, it just shows how amazing Russell. Yeah, Wilson and this is. is going into 2020. They yeah. already they're going in with yeah. the 20 with the Jets ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So the Jets coming in at 27. I hope I hope the first round pick Mecky Becton will. Improve the Jets' offensive line, but we that shall. Was, when we talked about see. that, uh, you know, in, in our uh, our our uh, remotely reported or uh, recorded uh, podcast, where uh, you know we we agreed that Mecky Becton was you know one of the best picks. Oh, in the first sure. round, absolutely. And I'm really hoping that the Jets can turn it around at least this year. Uh, 26 Jags, was the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, actually yeah. higher than I would have expected. Yeah. No, which is. Sad. That 26, yeah. yeah. Higher than I expected. The LA Rams, nothing like signing a quarterback whose legs are stuck in concrete and not putting an offensive line around him. Good job, Sean McVay. The Rams yeah. coming in at 25. Yep. Interesting. 24. Oh, how your, far? How your far, Atlanta Falcons. How far the Rams have fallen? Huh? Oh, and they're going to continue to fall. Your Atlanta Falcons coming in at 24. I agree. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice needs more protection. Yeah. He, he needs something. I mean, he's got the guaranteed money. That's for sure. Your Minnesota Vikings coming in at 23. Why are they my? Why, why are they Because you like Matt Ryan. You like Kirk Cousins. They're, they're good quarterbacks. Well, Matt Ryan is. I mean, Kirk Cousins is okay. Ah, you're coming around. All right. 22, the Bears. The Bears at 22. All right. Which doesn't speak particularly well of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, 21, Arizona Cardinals. So that that's a big improvement. I think they came in last year ranked about 28 or 29. I, w- I would expect them a little bit lower on this list. I, w- I would expect them to be in the, you know, maybe around 28, 29, somewhere around there, especially with the way they played this year and the way Kyler Murray was running for his life. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, next up, we got the New York Giants. Big improvements on the New York Giants, obviously with Nate Solder there, uh, coming in <laughs> at number 20. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Andrew Thomas, they picked up in the draft. Uh, and uh, Mike Remmers as well uh, was a pretty good for him last year. Add Nate Solder to the mix. I mean, that's a pretty decent offensive line. Not a very good quarterback, though. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. Daniel Jones, We shall, he's going to be on your Mount Rushmore pretty soon if he's in another uh, division. Nope. Uh, Houston Texans coming in at 19. The quest for mediocrity continues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right in the middle. 
Uh, number 18, the Buffalo Bills. I would actually expect them to be a little bit higher on this list. Uh, they did make some nice changes in the offseason, but I guess they stick them right in the middle. Mm-hmm. 17, Carolina Panthers coming in at 17. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 16, Detroit Lions. That didn't seem like it. This is good news, though, like going into this season. I mean, come on. Matt Stafford needs a, he of needs course, a I mean, season with a running game yeah. and that's what a decent offensive desperately line needs so he can game. see what he can really do before he's too old to be able to do it. Yeah, oh, he's getting there. I know. I just they're, I, they're pretty much wasting his entire career there. I mean, it's a little I bit. Mean, people don't give him enough credit. Yeah. I mean, he is a really good quarterback. If he played anywhere else, I mean, he, he you know, he potentially would have made it to a Super Bowl. I mean, he's, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. Oh, I guy. agree. Yeah, I agree. 15, the Tennessee Titans. What do you think about that? The Titans, they were bottom or top 11 in both pass and run blocking last year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill. Let's see what you can do, buddy. Yeah, he's, 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 he's got some legs. He's, he does. Yeah. And, an, and a nice arm. Yeah, well, uh, really nice. He's got a nice arm. <laughs> uh, Denver Broncos coming in at 14. I, I couldn't really tell. I mean, I, I really didn't watch the Broncos yeah, last year at all. They were a boring football team. To watch, but apparently, according to this list, they're at number 14. Yeah, and according to uh, John Elway, they're at 14. Hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in at 13. Oh, Ooh, Tom Brady doesn't like to be out of the top 10 in offensive line rankings. Yeah, nope, nope. So we shall see what happens there. That'll be interesting to watch, but he's got some amazing weapons. And Antonio Brown is coming. Number 12, mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. A little bit higher than I would have expected given their play last year, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but, you know, 12 with Patrick Mahomes. That's good. That's too That's... bad. It's too bad for the rest of us. <laughs> oh, coming in at number 11, the Las Vegas Raiders. Also a team I didn't really pay too much attention to last season. Yeah, they were 15 in the O-line rankings last year. Uh, they got Richie Incognito returned to the NFL after one year off last year. Ugh. Okay. Oh, number 10. Look at that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles coming in at number 10. Friday. What say you? I think, I think it's fair. I think it's fair. <laughs> I think it's fair. I mean, you know, Brandon Brooks, we lost him already for the season. Uh, so, you know, to fill that position is be pretty difficult to find somebody, uh, with his caliber. Yeah. Jason Peters. Yeah, he's coming back, but yeah. he'll, he'll be injured like week two. Yeah, I don't. I think he's getting a bad rap. Yeah, number nine, right in the mix, the Pittsburgh yeah. Steelers. Gotta love it, Matt yeah. Filer and Alejandro Villanueva, David DeCastro, and Marquise Pouncey. Why are you growling? <laughs> I love my Steelers offensive line. Uh, I'm really high on the Steelers this year. I think it stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, you're really, you're always really high on the Steelers, though. Definitely on the old line. Yeah. I mean, at least the Steelers know where to start building their team. Uh, yeah, Roethlisberger gets hurt. Yeah, other receivers go down. Yeah, running backs move on. But at least they're always solid uh, up front. And, you know, you can't blame anybody but the quarterback and the other offensive skill players when they have that kind of offensive line to work with. Maybe they can make some holes for the running backs. Yeah, for whichever running backs we end up, <laughs> you know, actually using this year to James Conner to go down. And protecting Jimmy GQ. Ah, the San Francisco 49ers. Another reason that Jimmy GQ is overrated. Uh, came in at 14th last year. This year, the Niners are at nine or eight. They come in at number eight. What do you think about the Niners 
coming in at number eight. Uh, yeah. I, well, I they're going to come I in. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, just look at the running game this year, and 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 how effectively they were able to run the ball, and a lot of that had to do with their offensive line. Yeah, they should just have name one, name two, and name three on the running back yeah. jerseys. <laughs> they don't need. To, I don't need to know who you are if you're playing for San Francisco. Uh, number seven, the Patriots. Big uh, upgrades on the offensive line for the Patriots. This is going to be. Tom Brady might want to go back. Yeah, I mean, but think about Cam Newton with a real good offensive line. I mean, if and a he's, really good coach. Yeah, it could be scary for the rest of those teams in that division. And number six, that's the pathetic <laughs> Cleveland Browns. What say you about you that? Say, How you, are they you, coming in at number six? Do you deserve a shot for that? The pathetic Cleveland Browns, yeah, yeah. the terrible Cleveland Browns, the awful Cleveland Browns, the Mike Stefanski run Cleveland Browns, the analytic Bill James run Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. I deserve a shot yeah. for that. Yeah, uh, they did. Sha- they did sign Jack Conklin to a three-year deal, uh, and they got number ten overall pick Jarek Walls to come in and play left tackle. But even so, I think six is too high for the Cleveland Browns who have missed the playoffs year in and year out. Coming in at number five, oh, the Baltimore Ravens. So two teams in our division coming in with yeah, better three, offensive lines. Three teams in the top ten, though. Pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Uh, but this does not bode well. Um, and they did have the second-best offensive line last year, which does speak to the ability of Lamar Jackson to get out there on the edge and do what he do uh, or go up the middle and do what he do. Uh, but this is this is scary to me. Lamar Jackson and the fifth-ranked offensive line, mm-hmm. that's scary. Yeah. Number four, the Green Bay Packers. No excuses for Aaron Rodgers this year. None. Uh, they were sixth last year, which I think was way too high, but they're coming in at number four mm-hmm. this year. What do you think about your beloved they, they got it. They Aaron Rodgers? they got to protect the old guy. Uh, you know, the head shaker in chief. Coming in at number three. The Dallas Cowboys. They always rank in the top four or five. I mean, for the past, what, three or four years now. I mean, they've had a top yeah. offensive line. I mean, you know, yeah, top one, two or three offensive lines in the league every year for all those years. And Dak Prescott is looking for $40 million a year. Yeah. And he I can't mean, do anything with that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, you should be able to do just about anything you want on offense with Ezekiel Elliott. Amari Cooper out there in the third or second ranked offensive line in the league. You should be able as a quarterback to pick your poison and eight and eight. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. Oh my God, that's pathetic. The New Orleans Saints coming in at number two. It doesn't matter. What say you? What, what, the $25 million man made like 25. I actually will give Drew Brees credit. He's made about $25 million a year for the past like six years in a row. Hasn't gotten a raise. So I will yeah. give him credit for that. I agree with it. I mean, I you wouldn't know. I wouldn't give Taysom Hill almost $20 million. I would have handed the ball to Kamara a little bit more often, but you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's no excuses for the Saints this year. And who do you think is number one, Frane? There you go. The team... With no receivers, no... Well, I mean, the running game's not terrible. But the Indianapolis Colts coming in Phillip, at number Phillip Rivers needs one that. with Phillip Rivers behind center. What do you think is going to happen there? Uh, you know, I mean, they just don't have too many offensive weapons. I mean, you know, I mean, might give them some time to throw the ball, but... Uh, I couldn't name it, I couldn't it, name a single receiver on that team. Uh, I mean, they got Marlon Mack, but I couldn't name a single receiver. Mm, I mean, they got Quentin Nelson on the line. Cast, uh, Castanzo yeah, on the it's, 
line. We're far removed from the season. It's I'm, Mark I'm, I'm starting to forget the these, these guys' Ryan names. Ryan Kelly on the line. What's up? I'm just starting to forget these guys' names. I mean, it's like once the season ends, I start forgetting names. Left I, right. I don't know that there are any names to remember uh, for offensive players on the Indianapolis Colts. And that didn't help Jacoby Brissett much last year. Uh, but next up, we got the running back rankings going in to this year. Uh, what do you think we're looking at for the running back rankings in the league? We'll go, Should let's we go say, we'll go, uh, how many you want to do? You don't want to do all 32. You want to do like the top 15, top 20? Yeah, let's do the top 15. All right, the top 15. Coming in number 15 for running backs in the league next year, Chris Carson. If he's healthy. If he's healthy. If I'd, he's healthy, of I'd course. put him a little higher. Yeah. I don't know if I'd, I'd put him a little bit high. Well, I might since I'm seeing number 14. Yeah, right I'd, now, put him, yeah. I'd put him ahead of this next guy, Mark Ingram for the Baltimore Ravens, coming in at 14. This is according to NFL.com. Look at this one. Number 13. Oh. Leonard Fournette. That's ridiculous. I, don't know about I mean, I mean, he, look, he's he's a good running. Oh, T. Y. Hilton. That's uh, okay. T. Y. Hilton is one of the uh, the oh, that's true. for the yeah, Colts. Yeah, 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 little guy, little yeah, guy. Yeah, he's all right. He's okay. Uh, coming in at number twelve, Austin Eckler. You know, Austin Eckler. I actually I, liked I, him know, last I, year. I, yeah, I mean, he he actually had a very productive season uh, last year. Uh, I mean, he he's good. He's a thousand good receiving yards almost, yeah. and six hundred you know rushing yards. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number 11, Kenyon, I'm going to be great this year, Drake. <laughs> Didn't have a, give me a 817 yards on the ground, 345 yards receiving last year, almost five yards of carry. Pretty good season. Mm-hmm. Uh, should be better this year. Mm-hmm. Coming in at number, nah, number 10, Aaron Jones. Yeah, I mean. From your he, beloved Green Bay Packers. Yeah, he, he, was, he was pretty decent last year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I finally. Mean, in over a thousand yards rushing, sixteen touchdowns. Wow! I, you know, I, yeah. didn't, I didn't even realize that he had sixteen touchdowns yeah. last year. Jesus! Yeah, he had yeah. a good year last year. Okay, I mean, All I think right. that's why Rodgers was a little bit frustrated that the team didn't perform <laughs> as well as they could have. Uh, Josh Jacobs coming mm-hmm. in at number nine. Yeah, nothing is more irrelevant than a Raiders <laughs> running back. We'll see how you do this year. Uh, number eight, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, for your my Minnesota wife, Vikings. They're not my Kirk Cousins. Man, I, <laughs> No, but I agree with that. Delvin Cook is actually, uh, he, he's, he's uh, I mean, he's number eight on this list, but he's he's underrated. Not enough people talk about Delvin Cook. I think he does an excellent job uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. I agree. Tough I to mean, get a lot of eyeballs yeah. on the Vikings. I mean, I think that's one of their problems mm-hmm. is you just don't get a lot of eyeballs on the team outside of the Midwest. Uh, coming in at number seven. Kind of shocking, right? The $12.5 million a year man, Derrick yep. Henry, coming in at number seven. I would have put him a little bit higher. higher. Yeah, I definitely would have put him a little bit higher. Especially I mean, with the way he 1540 finished. 1,540 yards yeah. on the ground last year, 16 touchdowns and 206 receiving yards. Yeah, and I would two receiving him a little teams. bit higher than that. I mean, he, I mean, the way he showed up late in the season yeah. and in the playoffs, I mean, he, the guy was spectacular. Yeah, I mean, he just took the ball and said, give me the rock. Yep. And he didn't care how many carries it took. Coming in at number six, Saquon Barkley. We'll see. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I honestly don't know what to make of of Saquon Barkley. I really don't. I mean, he's second year in the league, a mm-hmm. thousand yards, four hundred thirty-eight receiving yards, two TDs on uh, in through the air, sixth on the ground. Uh, he certainly got the athletic talent, but I'm not quite sold on him yet. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's definitely top ten for sure. Oh yeah, uh, I don't know if he's better than Derrick Henry. Going into next season, especially what we saw from Derrick Henry at the end, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'd put Derrick Henry above him. Next up, oh my God, this oh, one, sh- this one yeah, shocked yeah, me. Yeah. Joe 
let me hit you in the face in the fast food restaurant mixing. Coming in at number five with 1,137 yards, 4.1 yards per attempt, five TDs on the ground, and three through the air on 300 yards through the air, 287 yards through the air. I think that's way too high. Yeah, I think that is a little too high for me. I mean, you know, I don't know how Derrick Henry is not above Joe Mixon. Yeah, and he did have a good year last year, but it, it, yeah. it was not on the back of another good year. Uh, Alvin Kamara coming in at number four. Hard to argue with that. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he was underutilized last season. Yeah. And I don't know why they went away from Alvin Kamara. The season before, he was great. And then for some reason, they just didn't run him. Yeah, I mean, he only had 171 attempts, mm-hmm. 797 yards on the ground, 4.7 yards of carry mm-hmm. on the ground, uh, only five rushing TDs all year. He did have 533 yards through the air, but it only led to one TD, although he did have his his counterpart uh, in the backfield. But yeah, I agree with Franny. I mean, 171 attempts in 14 games is not enough mm-hmm. for Alvin Kamara. Number three, Nick Chubb of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> what say you about that one? 1,500 yards on the ground yeah, for Chubb. He had a good season. He had a very good season. Scares I mean, me a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any uh, Steelers running backs on this. No, there are not going to be any Steelers over here. I, I think be they'd any. be below thirty-two. I, I think. I think. <laughs> 30, I don't know if they'd even 38? make. I, yeah, they'd probably like. Yeah, I, I think they'd be somewhere around there. Uh, the post-COVID <laughs> team, like after after a whole bunch of running backs are in quarantine, you get some yeah. Steeler players that I, show you know, up. Let, uh, well, let's scroll down the list uh, and see if there is a Steelers running back on this list at all, uh, because the Steelers running backs, I mean, have been pretty terrible. Gurley at nineteen. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Bell at twenty. Miles, I'm twenty. Miles Sanders at. 21 come on come on this guy should have been rookie of the year at 21 i don't disagree Maybe we should have started down the list over here i was a, yeah, well, pissed off I like just, this i just didn't want to make it that's another ridiculous. 20 minutes getting through this one yeah uh tevin coleman coming in at 22 right. adrian peterson at 23 melvin gordon melvin gordon melvin gordon to put melvin gordon above anybody on this list is ridiculous <laughs> the way he played last year uh, 3.8 yards per carry on 612 yards on 162 attempts no no. Oh, okay, James Conner. There's James Conner at 25. How do you feel about that, Ben? Though? Uh, I think he should be James higher. Conner. I think he should you be higher. So? Yeah. I mean, he didn't do anything this past he season. Was, I mean, he's, he was hurt, but now he's I healthy. I, well, we'll and the year happens. before, he was a beast yeah, I mean, the year he, before. He, he was throwing logs over his shoulder. I mean, he looks like he's Yeah, and, and he was carrying but... the team early on in the season. <clears throat> he just got hurt. I know he's got injury problems, but come <laughs> on. Melvin Gordon uh, thought he was going to hold out. <laughs> yeah, he held out. Who would you rather have, though? I mean, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Conner or Gordon? In Connor. the backfield, oh, okay. Connor, because Gordon's right. a head. He's a headache. Yeah, uh, I don't want a headache. I mean, he wants he wants a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, but he wants but he wants to hold out, but then he wants to come back. He doesn't want to play well, but then he still wants a lot of money. Although he said he was humbled by the experience, so we'll yeah. see. <laughs> uh, we got number. It's funny three. what you say when no team offers you money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nick Chubb at three. Uh, number two, Ezekiel. Ezekiel Elliott. What? But I mean, look, he's he's healthy. I mean, why, he's, this so you have the so you yet. have the third best offensive line, the best and the second best running yeah. back in the league in yeah. eight and eight. Yeah. But you want forty million dollars a year over five over four years with one hundred and twenty of a guarantee. Okay. There's that hate. There's Whatever that you hate say. Once again, for Dak. Whatever you say, Dak in headlights, Prescott. Yeah, Whatever I, mean, I see look, his you look, face, you look he at looks the like. You look at the attempts. Three hundred one attempts. While you have Alvin Kamara with one hundred seventy one yeah. attempts. That's just not right. You can't do that. But you ever notice, like when you look at Prescott, it looks like like you, you could see like his eyes. Just, there looks like it just looks vacant <laughs> behind his eyeballs. Like there's really nothing going on behind his eyes. That's what scares me. Uh, is that I, I just don't think he understands the offense as well as he could. And number one 
Number one, I think this is fair. Yeah. I, I mean, we, what are you, you going to do? What are you going to say can, about this? Nobody can argue this. Yeah. 287 attempts, 1,387 rushing yeah. yards on 4.8 yards of carry, 1,005, although they did yeah. really, they did get him over the hump with the, with the yardage there at the mm-hmm. end of the season on purpose. Uh, but still, even if it was 997 yards, it would still be really fucking impressive. Yeah. No, I mean, he single handedly carried that team. I mean, it was it was just basically. I mean, they should have changed the name to the McCaffreys because they won five games last year, and it was all because of him. I mean, they yeah. struggled to win five. They won those games because of Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, ninety. He was on the field for ninety three point four percent of yeah. a thousand a thousand and four snaps yeah. last year. Uh, the highest rate among running backs. I mean, he could he could do it all. He could run out of the backfield. He can catch. I mean, he, I mean, the guy is basically wide receiver and running back. They probably should have put him in as quarterback last year too. Yeah, I mean it's it's well Bridgewater and McCaffrey could be a lot of fun yeah. to watch yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny, that's it for the NFL news. All right, that took a this, little bit longer than I thought it would. What's that? <laughs> took a little bit longer than I thought it would. We are at one hour and right. seven minutes getting through the NFL news. Uh, but Franny, what is next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben. As a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much to our new listeners, as well as those of you that have been with us all the way back to 2018 when we began the show as a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. And since you're listening tonight, please, please, or tomorrow, or Tuesday, or Wednesday, or whenever you listen to the show, please consider heading to our website, thirstandgoal.buzzsprout.com, or you can search Thirst and Gold Podcast on the web and get us there. Please subscribe. Please rate and review. Pound on that rating and review button, especially on Apple Podcasts. Please, please, please leave us a five-star review and tell us how awesome we are. And you have a homework assignment for this week, folks. This is your homework assignment, your your elementary school children, your middle school children, your high school children. They're all getting ready to go back to school soon, and it will all be virtual in most of the places within, at least within the U.S. It will be virtual most everywhere. Please, in advance of that homework, please tell a family member, a coworker, a stranger, just one person that you know or that you don't know about our podcast grab their phone, get our podcast in their podcatcher. That's your homework assignment for this week. Please do that for us. We truly appreciate it. Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have our shout or promo, actually, for one of our fellow podcasters out there. All right, folks, hold tight. We'll be right back with a promo with a, for another independent if NFL podcaster. If, if it works. If it works. If it works. We are... Uh, Multi experience, multi computer difficulties. Yeah, where's that standby music? That's yeah. <laughs> I dream of Genie. All right, hold, t- <laughs> hold tight, folks. We'll be right back. Are you tired of the same old sports media? Are you tired of hot takes, arguments, and questions that are just completely off base? Luckily, we have something for you touchdowns and tangents of the people. For the people, by people, who care about the culture and all its concise commentary. All right, folks, that's a shout out to the Touchdowns and Tangents podcast. Also 
a podcast from Southern California. This is a show, and it's a live broadcast and podcast that provides weekly NFL takes and topical tangents for football nerds, casual sports fans, and the culture. Since 2015, host Kenneth Barry and Pete Camarillo have embodied the competition by venturing outside your normal weekly NFL shows and an analyst podcast. The dynamic duo of journalists talk about football, community, hip-hop, life, and whatever else comes up. Look for a link to the show in our show notes. You can get a, or a link to the website in our show notes, and you can get them on Twitter at TDS underscore Tangents. That's a great show, yeah. and we highly, highly endorse yeah, it. And shout out to CSUN, Cal State University Northridge, Matadors, because I see you. What I'm, just I'm looking, happened? No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, like, uh, at, at Instagram, and uh, one of the guys on Instagram is always wearing his Matador uh, sweatshirt. You know, Cal State North. Oh, is he really? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it looks like he's uh, either a student there or graduated from there, just like me. So, oh, uh, shout there out, we go. Shout out to the Matadors and the Great 1 8. Very, very nice. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, one of the guys went to CSUN. Friday Mans are, uh, works our Instagram account. I'm not a big Instagram uh, follower or Instagram user, uh, but Friday is. Yeah, I see that. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yeah, these guys are really cool. Uh, they do really good stuff on their show. They're really honest, uh, forthcoming. They don't hold back their opinions. And again, another show from L.A. and from the L.A. area. So we, we wholly support these guys. Yeah, I just try to throw that in there before you move on because you move on so quickly, Ben, <laughs> before I could say anything. So, yeah. <laughs> go Matadors. <laughs> Friday saying, I move on too quickly. I apologize <laughs> for that. <laughs> All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our tag team news, our thirst and goal news, our Eagles news, Seahawks news, and Steelers news, Ben. It looks like you are shuffling through the papers looking for the news. I am okay, indeed. Right. I have it. Uh, we have the Eagles up first. Uh, the NFL agents carry a sneaky amount of power across the league, but they often choose to avoid talking publicly about their day-to-day work. Sneaky? How is it sneaky amount of power? How do they sneak up with this power? I guess they have, uh, you know, they're like a, they're very stealthy. Yeah. They're like a B2. Uh, so when the Athletic pulled 30 agents from across the league this week on a whole host of topics from COVID-19 to Cam Newton, they tuned in. Uh, 14 among general managers or, or, or front office leaders, they asked who is the smartest general manager out there. General managers juggle plenty of things around the year, one being a spider web of relationships with a number of players' agents. Uh, a failure to get on the same page with agents was one of the main criticisms of former Sixers general manager Sam Hinkle, if you recall. So if agents think highly of a certain guy, it's obviously a good sign for the whole organization. So who? So the answer should have Eagles fans feeling pretty good. Howie Roseman finished number one. He finished in the number one spot, receiving five votes. He's a little sneaky. He landed one vote ahead of New England Bill Bel- New England's Bill Belichick, and two votes ahead of Colts general manager Chris Ballard. Here's one quote about Roseman's acumen from the agents themselves. He knows how to put teams together, and he's working with a limited amount in terms of the cap. He knows how to maneuver and get players that he feels will fit the scheme even if he doesn't have to pay them top dollar. He's very smart in terms of chess moves. I'm not a huge fan. I will say that as well, but he knows what he's doing in terms of putting things together. Yeah. Funny. What I'm say just, you about number one 
in the league. No, he, he, he does. And, and, you know, I guess, I guess the, he is a little sneaky. <laughs> you, you were actually right, Ben. I mean, he actually finds money that is not there. I mean, you look at the cap space that's available for the Eagles, and he always seems to squeeze out a little bit of extra cash by maneuvering with the contracts that he has. And uh, so I see where that sort of comes from now. Um, but, you know, I, I think he's learned a lot. He's a young guy. I, you know, he's probably just around 40 years old, which is very young for somebody yeah, I mean, in his shocking. position. Uh, and when Chip Kelly was the coach uh he was sort of uh moved uh I I can't remember what the position that he was in but he he wasn't in the same position he was just kind of moved across the facility I don't think maybe player personnel or something yeah but Chip Kelly wasn't such a huge fan of him and I think Jeffrey Lurie um you know learned from his mistakes brought him back and he's made some excellent moves he's made some smart business moves for the Eagles and now he has a Super Bowl ring because of the smart exactly. ass moves that he's made. You know who's not a fan of Chip Kelly? Everybody. Every team that he's ever coached, <laughs> except for the Oregon Ducks. That's who's not a fan of Chip Kelly. <laughs> uh, I've also moved on, Franny. Yes, Ben. You have the Budweiser. I want you to taste this. I finally. It's fun. I don't know why I've never had the Budweiser on the table. I got to hear your opinion about the King of Beers. All right, let me pour this in. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna try not to move on so quickly. There, there, there you are. Uh, I will. Let, no, I, I didn't I jump in. I didn't jump in. Because you move on to the next topic on the agenda. <laughs> but, but but wait wait wait. There's more. <laughs> so <laughs> I apologize to Friday no, you and our fans. Apo- you don't have to apologize. You don't have to apologize, Ben. Uh, but I usually don't say anything during the promo. I'm usually just quiet. I listen to the promo. You know, you say what you need to say. But in this case, you know, I, 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 on on Instagram, I would I was I would always notice that um, the host of that show, uh, one of the hosts of that show, was wearing you know the CSUN uh, uh, sweatshirt or T-shirt or whatever. Uh, but yeah, anyways, let me just. What do you sip think about that. the King of Beers? The literal King of Beers it smells all right. This King Arthur. It's pretty light. <laughs> Hmm. It's a little weedy. It, the, yeah, there's like that that on the finish. You don't expect that. It, it is w- more weedy than I would expect it to be. Um, I mean, I've I've had Bud Light. Obviously, I've had Bud Light, but it's funny that I haven't had Pabst, Ben, or know, Miller, or, or Foster, or Miller, or, or, Coors. or Coors. I don't usually drink these beers. Um, and this is something that I probably wouldn't. Dr- I would say this is probably a four out of ten. Oof. Um, oh, the king. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think the Bud Light is better than the regular Budweiser. I go- only because the Bud Light has a little bit more crispness. You can just kind of throw them down, and and you don't really even think about it too much. Whereas the Budweiser, I'm not I'm not a big fan of that that the that, weedy that, that finish on it. I'm I, I don't like it. I've always I look for it in a can. I think actually mm-hmm. think it tastes better out of a can. Yeah, but this I, I mean I actually don't mind. But the colder the better when it comes mm-hmm. to Budweiser. I mean, if you can get it to 32 degrees, like 32.1 But it kind of makes you wonder how it got as popular as it did with a flavor like this. Advertising <laughs> and not a lot of competition. And because, I mean, out of all of these beers, you know, these, you know, sort of mediocre. But it's the king. It says yeah, it right it's, here. It, it's on, it's on, the, on label. the label. It must be true. <laughs> um, no, but out of all the ones that you've uh, that you've had last couple of weeks, you're, the beers that you grew up with, basically the one, not the ones that I grew up with, and well, the beers that a lot of Americans have sort of grown up with. It's 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 uh, it's sort of initi- an initiation uh, for for college aged kids. You know, they, these are the type of beers that they drink because they're cheap. 
you know, they're they're available everywhere, but uh, it's not something that I've actually had, uh, you know, growing up because I would just look for something. I also drink a lot of um, whiskey, um, but but and Friday's parties say, when he's in college were at the Ivy. I, I would say the the Pabst out of all the ones that I've tried the last few weeks, I would, say, I would still say that the Pabst is above all the rest. I actually don't disagree with that. I, I still like yeah. a really cold Budweiser, like a really cold Budweiser in a can. Mm-hmm. But having tasted all these back to back to back to back, I actually tend to agree. I think Pabst is probably the best of the beers that we've tried so far. Yeah, the best of the worst, basically. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not the, it's not the worst. I mean, you, I mean, this is something you could drink for many, many hours. Yeah, uh, probably the Bud Light. I'd, I'd still prefer the Bud Light over this. Really? I would, yeah. Really? Definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's next week, though? Uh, Did you find the one that you were looking for uh, from Canada? The No. 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 I, yeah. It's going to be, I'm going to have to order the Genesee or the... I'd even look. I should have looked today Genesee, at Total Wine I can't to remember, see oh, Labatt's if they had from Canada. Labatt's. Yeah, I've never heard of Labatt's before. Uh, and there was one more that I forgot. I actually looked for the Otakringer today, but I, they, yeah, they don't, don't, have they don't it. even yeah, have yeah, it on no. the list. They don't, they don't have it. They don't even have it in their in their and I don't know why. computer. I don't know why, because that is actually. I mean, it's very common. I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, it's. I want to say it's a staple of you know, Austrian beers. I mean, I mean, maybe it's just we got lucky that one day and they had a whole bunch of Otterkringer, but it seems like it it's you know one of their national sort of beers, and it's actually really good. I mean, it is yeah. it is a very good crisp light beer, and I'm very shocked that they don't have it here. Maybe it's something that we should work on getting over here, Ben. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I kind of gave it should, to the Bevmo yeah. and the and the Total Wine. Or I went to Bevmo today. And I was. He's like, well, I said, where are the Austrian beers? And he'd be like, well, they're with the German beers. I'm like, well, what do you mean? I mean, the, well, they have Austrian, the Rad- they have the the Rattler one. Yeah, that but we like had, Austria yeah. is a huge. I mean, is a huge beer producing country. Why are you sticking well, it with a, Germany? A huge beer producing country. Well, you're sticking it with Germany. Give me, give it to you know. I think the Austrians deserve their own. Culturally, they're 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 fairly similar. They're similar, but I mean, come on, you got all these other countries like separated out. Well, I mean, well, if you go, I mean, you look, if if you look at the shelf they have you know belgium they have german they have i think italian french and then the rest <laughs> right you got italian but not austrian i, I think they might have czech actually because czechs actually have a, a bunch pretty of beers, good but i mean how many beers are from beer. italy what they got peroni yeah and I mean, then what? A couple, after that yeah, i don't know uh but they had that rather yeah. though i saw that rather that, that you had the other yeah. two weeks ago a few weeks ago that we had yeah there's a couple of different flavors for the rather yeah interesting interesting the uh stiegler stiegler Oh yeah, 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 that's yeah. what it was, Stiegler Rattler. And they have, and they have a bunch of, they do have a bunch of of some of the beers that you I can't remember the name of the company, but they did have a, a bunch of the ones that you brought by before. They have no Chinese beers at Bevmo, yeah, zero. That's why I stopped shopping at Bevmo. I was like, where are the Chinese beers? He's like, well, they'll be with the Asian beers. I'm like, you know, there's like four billion people. I mean, you, you got it all in one section. You got to like separate these out a little bit. Uh, can I? Should I move on? Uh, yes. Yes, okay. Ben. I'm uh, going to move on. Next don't up, move on too quickly, though. <laughs> we have a little bit of news for the Steelers. The New England Patriots have gotcha. settled compensation grievances with Antonio Brown and Aaron Hernandez's family over the past week, which creates notable salary cap space for the team. League sources told ESPN the Patriots have owned or owed Wide receiver Antonio Brown nine. Why do I? Why did I put this on the agenda? 
Should I stop the Patriots, working out right now? Yeah. The Patriots had owed wide receiver Antonio Brown $9 million, and part of the settlement, he will instead receive $5 million per sources. Uh, the settlement is notable, as some experts viewed the Patriots' chances of recouping any money as low. Uh, the Patriots gave Brown a $9 million signing bonus on September 7th, and half of it was to be paid on September 23rd, three days after they cut him. The other half was to be paid in January. In addition to the $4 million credit on the Patriots cap, the club received $2.55 million credit after settling a long-running compensation grievance with the late Heron Hernandez and his heirs. Uh, the salary cap space is significant for the Patriots, who have been tight, uh, tight to the league's limit. Earlier this week, prior to restructuring the contract of running back Rex Burkhead, the Patriots were down to less than $500,000 in space. The club now has fucking $8 million in space because of fucking Antonio Brown. So he's screwing the Steelers still everywhere he goes. So he played one game. Was it one game? For the Patriots? Yeah. Uh, no, uh, yeah. He, uh, one and a half, I think. Or one, one and, and a half, half games, and he's getting $5 million. Yep. Fucking Antonio Brown, yeah, well, given the Patriots your glass? Your shot glass? Your million shot glass? dollars in cap space because of that of Jim and Peach. Rex Burkhead. Tonight. Disappointing. Yeah. Now, yeah. I mean, you know, our listeners can't see the disappointment in your face. I right mean, now. there's got to be a different way to handle these things. I know it's a signing bonus, but don't you have to play some of the season, a little bit of the season? Uh, I mean, he played one games or one game. Uh, signed to a $9 million contract uh, on September 7th. Have to be paid on the 23rd. Uh, I'll take a tiny shot. Oh, right this there. is too... Uh, all right. Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, I, I didn't say anything negative I mean, about anybody, but... Uh, just, just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said, wait, wait, wait. Don't move on. Anything else he's, to he's add? going to hold this over my head now for like the, for like the rest of the podcast. Anything and else? The, re- the next podcast. No, I'll be thinking about the computer. Yeah. Uh, but what say Can you I about- move on now? <laughs> May I? All right, let's do this shot. Right, cheers. It's can getting I, late, folks. Yeah, you, you can take it. You, you're good. Ah, take it, take it, take it. Ah. All right, so what say yeah, you about actually, I, Antonio I, Brown? I didn't know that they still uh, owed him some money. I thought well, they, was, I thought they were completely done with this guy. He filed a grievance saying that they should have paid him his full signing bonus uh, amount. Well, if it's in the contract, right? I mean, <laughs> it's in the fine print. I guess you got to pay the guy, but I mean, and this might be why this might have something to do with the fact that Cam Newton didn't get a giant signing bonus. <laughs> I mean, he gets he got five million dollars for a game. That's not bad. Yeah, not not bad at all. No. I don't know what that comes out in a 16-game <laughs> season, but I think it's, you know, something like $80 million yeah, over there, the course of a season. There. So I will take that. Uh, right. Next up. Right, you can move on. <laughs> I can move on. <laughs> From heavy.com, the Let Russ Cook movement, which we are actually a part of, I believe, has now reached Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. ESPN 710 Seattle's John Clayton asked Carroll specifically about his thoughts on the current Let Russ Cook debate during a recent interview. Uh, Carol said, I'm excited about the team. John Russell has been in a great leadership position throughout the offseason. He's been such a central part of it with all the communication. We've been running two-minute drills and sequencing all of our play calling and different situations on the field, and Russ has been right in the middle of it. Russell is the best, is at the best of his game that he's ever been. His command, his control, his understanding of everything that we can put forth for him allows him to be, I think, the best he's ever been. In that, we want him to have more opportunity to be the factor in the game and control the game. But John, 
Here we go. But John. In just football in general, that doesn't mean you throw the football all the time to do that. We need to be a really good functioning team that is hard to beat because we are so good at all of the things that we do. That means you can have you have to have balance in your game. Many Seahawks fans started referencing the let Russ cook as a way to push Seattle to be more aggressive offensively. Carroll did say he wants Wilson to have more opportunity to be the factor in games. The Seahawks coach explained that the team wants to maximize his opportunity while still having a successful running attack. Look, John, at all the successful teams that won all these games last year, Carroll said, all of them were balanced teams. So we're not going to take anything away from Russell's ability to produce. We wanted to maximize his opportunity. So whatever this Russell Cooks thing is about, I don't know what that's about. He's at his best. He is in the most command he's ever been. He and Shotty, Brian Schottenheimer and the offensive staff, they have worked this season to put to point to a point to where we are ready to unveil it. The best version of us. That means the best version of Russ. Russell Wilson responded. We've thrown a bunch of touchdowns, you know, Wilson told 710 Seattle in January. We've been throwing a bunch of touchdowns, and I think that's a lot more. There's a lot more out there, too. I think there's about 10 to 15 to 20 more touchdowns out there, so let's go get those. That's just how I think about it. Touchdowns help us win. I think they find ways to win, and we've got to score more points than they do. And I think we've got the talent. Friday, what say you? Well, I think we talked about a little bit last week uh, in the tag team news with the Seahawks always falling behind in games. And that's part of the reason, not letting him be Russell Wilson. I mean, they run the ball way too much. They should actually allow him to throw the ball more. He should be the focal point of the offense for the Seahawks. Fuck the running game. I mean, you know, run the ball when you need to. Fuck the running game. (laughs) I mean, when when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, let the guy do his job and move out of the way. I don't disagree. Uh, but it looks like Pete Carroll is definitely got his heels dug in on this one, sticking to a balanced attack. But to hear Russell Wilson say there are 10 to, well, 10 to 20 is a lot of touchdowns. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between yeah. <laughs> 10 touchdowns and 20 touchdowns. So you might be getting out of his, ahead of his skis a little bit there. But to hear Russ say that there are 10 to 20 touchdowns left on the field, I think that's his way of saying, you let know, me, when we, let me take over on offense. Yeah, and I think except for that one play against the Patriots in the playoffs uh, yeah, in the Super Bowl, exactly. That exactly. should have been the one time you should have run the ball. Time. Yeah, Pete they Carroll, <laughs> you talk about running the ball. How about from the one yard line? Uh, but uh, I mean, I think this is a little bit of a touchy subject in Seattle. It's interesting to hear Pete Carroll say. I mean, because it's very similar to what the Steelers used to do before they allowed Roethlisberger to just chuck the ball all over mm-hmm. the place for the last few seasons, and. Do you have to run the ball 25 times a game for the opponent to fear that you can run the ball when you want to run the ball? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Pete Carroll might be confusing being able to run the ball with actually running the ball. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting that Russell Wilson had that sort of response because he doesn't seem like that kind of guy that would say that sort of thing. Um, so that's, you know, hopefully, hopefully there's there's uh, not something you know brewing in the locker room there. Yeah, but he's, I mean, I think he sees what we see. I mean, mm-hmm. he's in, you know, he's playing the game. I mean, as you as a quarterback, do you want to be running for your life in the fourth quarter 
every single game. Trying to save salvage. Trying to salvage it. Yeah. Hoping that some idiot tight end for Green Bay will will slap the ball down in the playoffs instead of, you know. Yeah, I mean, you got Metcalf. <laughs> instead you of got catching Lockett. it. I mean, you got some great wide receivers. I mean, you know, they were, they were lacking at the tight end position this year. Uh, but, I mean, you know, they have some pretty good weapons right there on the outside. And, and you know, to, to not allow him to utilize his abilities – I mean, he has he has the best long ball in the league. I mean, I would attempt long balls more often for the Seahawks. They don't do it enough, especially with a target like DK Metcalf now. Yeah, and even when he goes to the Pro Bowl, he's constantly in the top two or three or one uh, at the target practice drills that they have. Yeah, I mean, cle- I mean, he could drop it right in a in an apple bushel bucket you know from, from i was 40. wondering i was wondering where you're gonna go with that one i got I had a confused look on my face i'm like is it a bushel yeah that's, an a, apple that's a bushel apple. bucket from 40 yards away uh you know the way that i mean when he throws the ball it's just a thing of beauty to watch i don't know what you a know? bushel bucket looks like it looks like it's like a it's like a woven sort of wooden yeah. bucket it, it, from it Seattle, it's it's from the Seattle area. They there's there's a lot of bushel buckets in. in there are from what number, I hear. They're number two apple yeah. producer in the country. Yeah, they, yeah. You know who the you know what state produces more apples? Should we in? go to the top ten? <laughs> the top ten. Well, I know what the number one state is for apples in the country. Do you know what state that is? Uh, would it be California, New York, New York. All right, yeah, New York. Then Washington is second. Uh, uh-huh. All right. Anything else to add about? Uh, can, can we move on? Can we move on from that? <laughs> I think we can. I All think right. we can move on from that, Ben. All right. What's and next so we're done with up the on the big board? Team news. Next up on the big board, we have our feel good story. All right. Every week, Frane sends me out into the wilderness to try to find a story about someone in the league doing good deeds, doing good works, doing something uh, that we all hope actually i don't have the music for this this week mm. i apologize folks i know it's i great. don't have the music for this uh but we do have a feel-good story this week and it's another eagle chris long and a feel-good story former former, eagle. former uh, nfl well he's yeah, retired, former, yeah, he's retired yeah. now Former NFL defensive end Chris Long and his foundation have pled one, pledged $100,000 to improve water access on the Navajo Nation, according to a press release. The money will go toward Dig Deep's Navajo Water Project, which is indigenous-led and staffed. The project installs solar-powered 1,200-gallon water systems in the, grounds, in the grounds of homes that are serviced and refreshed with clean water. The donation from Long's Foundation called the Hometown H2O Program will allow for 200 temporary systems of 275 gallons each to be placed in remote Navajo Nation homes before the permanent systems are installed once the coronavirus protocols are relaxed. The money will go towards Dig Deep's Navajo Water Project. Uh, the project installs... Whoa, I, I, I wrote the same thing twice! <laughs> uh well, you copied and pasted it twice. I copied and pasted it twice. <laughs> it is estimated that more than 30% of residents in the Navajo Nation do not have water at home. That's that's shocking. Mm-hmm. According to the press release, the communities in the Navajo Nation have been hit hard by the pandemic, leading to shutdowns and curfews to prevent the spread of the virus. Tribal Department of Health officials said this past Tuesday that 7,941 people on the vast reservation that spans parts of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah have tested positive with 379 known deaths, which is much 
higher percentage than the general population. Uh, Long and his wife, Megan, will donate $50,000 each, while his foundation will match the other half of the initial gift. He hopes his efforts will raise awareness and public donations for the project can be made at waterboys.org forward slash hometown. Everyone in America deserves access to water, but many rural and indigenous families lack even one faucet with running water in their homes, a necessity most of us take for granted, especially during this pandemic, Chris Long said. In a release, Long and Dig Deep founder George McGraw McGraw, scheduled an Instagram live conversation uh, this past Thursday at 4 to discuss the initiative. Supporters and fans can watch Long and Dig Deep's fans to learn or or to learn more. Uh, Long is a two-time Super Bowl champ who played for the Rams, the Patriots, and the Eagles from 2008 to 2018. Franny, second time mm-hmm. we featured yeah. Chris Long. I mean, because he always does. I mean, he does great things for the community and, and obviously mm-hmm. for, for you know, Navajo Nation. Um, I mean, and, and I think it was, what, uh, the, his last season with the Eagles, he gave up his entire year's salary. Um, I, I forget what it was for, but, I mean, he's such a generous human being. And, uh, I mean, he seems like a great, I mean, see the whole family seems like they're just such yeah, good people. I love this guy. Um, and, and, and he's, he quit he's, Twitter. Yeah. It, it, good. <laughs> Everybody should except us. Yeah, well, exactly. Look at, look at our Twitter. Exactly. <laughs> he essentially said it was too much. It's too much. Yeah. No, but I mean, he, he, he's, he's a great human being for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that, that more folks aren't aware of this. Uh, those numbers are Staggering, both in the, mm-hmm. in the percentage of people Especially without water in the United in the United States, in the United States. And, the, and that's 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 pretty sad. And a country with so much wealth, yeah. and and you know, for um, I don't have the the paper in front of me uh, right there, but with uh, how many uh, clean water taps do they have? I mean, it's so few. Um, I mean, it's it's I, it's mind boggling. It's it's crazy. Thirty percent of residents yeah. in the Navajo Nation do not do have not. water at home. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, in two thousand and twenty. Within the boundaries of the U.S. and and, I, and I've loved this Waterboys organization for the longest time because what I mean what 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 can you do if you don't have water mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at home or sure. or access to clean water? I mean it's it's sort it's of in a basic, basic it, it's a basic essential. I mean you know everybody should have clean running water wherever they are in the U.S. Yeah, I mean you can't. Eat, I mean what are you supposed to do? You can't learn without water. You can't eat without water. You can't think clearly. I mean here I am with twenty percent of my brain. Trying to figure out when I'm going to work on this computer this week. First world problems. When right. other people don't have basic food and mm-hmm. water in their yeah. homes. And that's and, a third and world Chris problem, Long, and that shouldn't yeah. be a problem in the United States. And Chris Long is just—he I mean he's just done some amazing, mm-hmm. amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our shot of the Ooh, week. Ooh, here we go. Wait, can we move on? Um. Let me think. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. Well, that, that You're not going to let that go. No, no, that we're... is. <laughs> I don't know for. I don't know how many podcasts this is going to last. Now, I say I, I'm gonna one guess, thing. I'm guess three. I say one thing before you jump the gun. <laughs> you know, because you you usually move on pretty quickly. I do. You know, we, I do. We, yeah. So, I do. But I'm, I'm yeah, being self-deprecating because yeah, I know that yeah. it's a flaw of mine. Dick. So I, I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm actually just trying to take some humor in it, and it'll probably stick in my uh, mind, and I'll it'll I'll be less apt to do. It. So it's sort of for you for me. All right. But Friday. Right, let's move on. Friday, Friday's got the shot of the week and this yes, sound effect we do have. Uh so hold tight, everybody. We're gonna get a shot ready. And this is this is Friday's portion of the show. So <laughs> I'm gonna sit back and take his lead and move on from this point forward. <laughs> All right. 
Well, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with the shot of the week. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week. This is our drinking portion of the show. From So from here on out, you basically just get me and Ben sampling alcohol. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's pretty much As if we what haven't been doing. doing that thus far. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Ben, uh, tonight's shot, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult since there are no holidays really at this time of season to come up with shots that coincide with a certain holiday. Uh, so these have mostly been, you know, summary sort of shots. This one, not so much. This was inspired uh, from a shot on uh, Tipsy Bartender. Just looked really cool. Right now on the table, it's been coagulating. It has some Bailey's uh, Irish cream in it. So it is, I'm sure, when we sip it down, it's going to be quite chunky. Uh, <laughs> but we have uh, the shot, which we have dubbed the Liquor Cream uh, shot. It is uh, Sambuca, which is a black licorice sort of flavored um, Italian liqueur. Is it uh, Greek or Italian? I think I believe it's Italian. Is it I Italian? I think it's Italian. I could be wrong, but I, I believe it is Italian because uh, a couple of the bottles, you know, had some Italian writing on them. So I'm, I'm guessing. It, I mean, it could be. I'm, you know, I don't know. I don't know the history of Sambuca, Ben. No, me neither. Yeah. I, I used to drink the 120 or God, it was, it was yeah, I think it was about 120 proof. So they have like two or three different ones. Yeah, yeah. So this one, not 120 proof. This one is uh, 80 proof. Uh, and I've never, I don't think I've ever had Sambuca in my life. And we usually, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of whiskeys, but <laughs> Friday, not the, he's clear. That's a drink. <laughs> it has a very, very limited palate. Uh, yeah. It is youth. Yeah. So, I mean, with Sambuca... Uh, we've never actually had it on the show. It's never been part of one of our shots. Tonight, it is the majority of this shot. Uh, so it's Sambuca uh, with a little bit of Blue Curacao. Blue Curacao is one of, I don't know, the, one of the best cordials that you can actually use in yeah. any sort of drink. It's just a beautiful color. It has a great flavor to it. Uh, layered on top, we have the Bailey's Irish Cream a great drink on its own, but layered on top of the Sambuca. And uh, we poured in a little bit of grenadine to sort of yank that creamy Bailey's into the bottom of the glass. And uh, it's supposed to technically look like a jellyfish. In our case, it just looks like a muddy sort of clear water. I mean, if, if you see the pictures on uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, you know what we're talking about. It's a nice looking shot, but now, Ben, it's been sitting on the table for quite a few hours and um, yours looks like puke green with a little bit of red on the bottom. Uh, it looks interesting. <laughs> it looks, Let's yeah. put it that way. It doesn't look appetizing. It that's looks for sure. interesting. Uh, so it looks uh, like... What was the inspiration for this shot? Uh, you know, I was just looking for an interesting shot to put together. You know, pretty shot. Uh, you know, for for our uh, Twitter, Instagram, you know, something that we can take nice pictures of. And it's a nice picture. Don't get me wrong. But uh, the final product now sitting on the table for a few hours doesn't look so great. Uh, well, that, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. <laughs> look at it. I mean, it, yeah, I it looks mean, like it a clumpy look mess. Right uh, now, it looks like a clumpy mess. I'm just mess. wondering what it's going to taste like. Oh, with black with licorice. With Sambuca, because I mean, I used to drink Sambuca shots alone, oh, like by oh, themselves. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wondering what this is going to taste like. <laughs> well, cheers, Ben. Mixed let's, with let's other see things. What this tastes like. All right. Kind of nervous actually about this one. All right. 
it's uh Cheers. You'll be hosting the rest of the show, I think. Yeah. All right, here, here we go. Had, you, you've had quite a few shots. <laughs> ah, good and plenty. <laughs> ah, oh, no. No, 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 no. No, no. No, 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 no. Oh, oh no. That is one of the worst shots we oh, ever Oh, my God. Should have done that one when we had the remote podcast, Friday. Oh, no. Oh. No, I mean you wouldn't have had to drink it. Exactly, exactly. But I, I, I wouldn't want to put you through this. Oh, I mean, I, I try to search for Charlie some says I love my good and plenty with. Uh, That's what with, it tastes like, like to rum, me. Doing, I hate rum. I don't. Uh, I'm not a big fan anymore. Not a huge fan of sambuca either. I'm sure sambuca. Well, you don't know what it tastes like by itself. But that I'm, I'm sure out of breath now from that one. Oh my god! Oh, that was really bad. I mean, I, my Ooh. eyes are watering. After that shot, I've never, deep my breath, eyes have breath. never watered after a shot, even when we had some disgusting ones. It's on my uh, lips still. I can't get it off. With the Cholula. Where's my, where's my Budweiser? I'm not sure exactly what else we had uh, in, in some of those disgusting shots. It was like uh, tequila with uh, oh, the Cholula. Oh, I like the Cholula. With, you should have added some Cholula uh, to that one. Actually, that might have helped. A little bit of spice may have helped at the end of that one because all I could taste is a lot of black, chunky black licorice. Basically, I always look forward to the shots like. you do that are going to have like tahini or or, chalula, or like hot sauce uh, on them. I'll have to find uh one of those uh, so so week. what's your what's your uh what are your thoughts there uh it was probably one of our worst shots ever that was probably one that was a terrible it looks nice but what did they say pretty. on the website about it i mean what was the what was the pitch for this one uh, i mean it just it looks nice it's disgusting it looks nice. man. i mean the the sambuca i mean you know you could you don't have to use sambuca you could use any other clear sort of alcohol you can use vodka oh you chose or, sambuca that, that that's what the recipe called for on the website, uh, so I just use sambuca, and, I, and also I've never had sambuca, so I was interested in trying sambuca, but um, not interested in trying it anymore. Uh, so there's sambuca. I think there's one from Italy, and there's one from Greece. I think the blue label, the, the like the, the the one you would t- typically see mm-hmm. at a bar, it's a blue label, and I think I think there's that's been, Greek. Been a couple. Um, let's um, see, which right. is the uh, original? They uh, sort of like an, um, they use it as an ap- aperitif, I think. Uh, the, the lower I mean, profile. It's good for you. I mean, it's it is it is uh, in in amp- Whew, an aperitif. That was bad. Um, but it looks that like its background is Italian, though. It looks like it is an Italian um, liqueur. Um, oh, Uzo. really? I think you're talking about Uzo. Oh, uh, maybe, like maybe, maybe. Yeah, Lic- yeah. Uzo also has that black licorice sort of flavor. Oof. I think that's. That's what oh my you're thinking God. of. Oh, um, I got some black bean chips for later because that'll be. That is pretty disgusting. Um, but hey. what, what would you give it on a? We should rate these shots going forward. What minus, would you give this? Minus two. This is pretty bad. I mean, even even without the coagulation, which sort of hit me at the bottom of that shot, where there was a little bit of Bailey's at the bottom that was a little uh, solid. It ah. was bad. Yeah. It, it was. It was bad. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure what made it bad because the Sambuca itself's not terrible. But it did. I mean, if you like good and plenty, do, you, do they even sell sell, still uh, yeah, sell good they and do. plenty? Yeah, I'm. I'm not a big fan of of uh, black licorice in general. But that is. <laughs> I'm not sure if you had red. You know, if you had Twizzlers red and Twizzlers black to choose from, why you would choose the black ones? <laughs> yeah, because they are kind of gross and it's not yeah, sweet it's, at all. Yeah, even the red ones aren't that. sweet. It's like getting but... sugar without the actual <laughs> flavor of the sugar. It's like here's some sugar, but let me just put this shit in there that makes it taste disgusting. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I would give that. Probably like a three out of ten. Yeah, I'd give it a one. If I had to give it anything, it'd be a one. Well, because the same book is not. It did it, at the end. It had a little bit of a good and plenty flavor that wasn't terrible. Yeah, but I'm not a big fan of good and plenty either. Oh, I don't like good and plenty. Yeah, but the, but the flavor yeah. itself, 
at the end wasn't as bad as it could have been. Yeah. It could have been. Not good. All right. All right, Friday. <laughs> Credit to Tipsy Bartender for that disgusting shot. Yeah. Uh, next up, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our beverage of the week. But I also see that you have our top 10 rise. Do you still have, do you have that on the agenda or have you pulled that up at all? I will pull it up right now. Yeah, we were actually wanted to go through our top or the top 10 rise under $50, which is sort of like right in our wheelhouse yeah. of things that we typically drink mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the show. All right. And many of these we've had mm-hmm. and many of these we have, in fact, rated and reviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this is according to distiller.com. So these are essentially the top, it's about the top 13 mm-hmm. rise uh, under $50, and many of these we have tried. So number 13, Balcones, Texas Rye 100 Proof, yep. which we have, in we fact, have tasted. It in our collection, and uh, that was a very good one. I mean, everything that we've tried so far from Balcones has been excellent, and I do agree with that. I, you know... I would probably rate it a little bit higher. But oh, really? That's, that's that's pretty. I mean, I I really like that Balcones Rye. That was very you good. You like the Balcones yeah, Rye? I'm I gonna like see it. if I can get a little bit of a a sound Some effect. effect. Oh yeah, that's 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 loud. That's very loud. Maybe you can turn it. Luckily, it's not recording at all. <laughs> oh, okay, it's not recording. Okay, so that's good. But in my headphones, I can hear what you're trying to play, Ben. And that's really and loud. That is too loud. Maybe we not play that. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to work on our sound effects yeah, for next new week. Computer. So what are you gonna do? So number twelve. This is one I looked for at Bevmo today. I couldn't find it. The old Overholt bonded straight rye whiskey. I'm not sure we tried that no, one. No, no, haven't tried that one. Uh, the Michters, though. Number eleven. Number eleven. Of what do you very... think about that? It seems a little low. Yeah, but I'm, I haven't tried some of these other ones. But that Michters is one of my favorite ryes. Yeah. Uh, you know, for around forty dollars, it's a you know, it's a great ride just to sip on, uh, in its own. And 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 tonight, before I grabbed the Basil Hayden's, I was about to grab the Michters. It's about halfway through the bottle, but I was like, I can't do that to that. Mictress. I mean, I, I can't mix I can't that. Mix it I, I can't, with soda uh, water or I, yeah, Coke. I, I can't do that. I mean, that is something that should be sipped on its own. It is a very good rye. Yeah, and I think it should be a little bit higher on this list. Number ten. I don't think we tried this one. The Ross. The Rossville Union Master Crafted no. Straight Rye. Haven't tried that one. Haven't tried that one. That one we have not tried, and uh, it's supposed to be a little bit sweeter. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's one of the reasons we haven't tried it because we're not as. High on the sweet uh, rise. Yeah, yeah. Cognac tonight is pretty sweet. Uh, number nine, the Cos- or Corsair Rimageddon. Looks like, like looks like right out of the Reservoir Dogs type <laughs> yeah. of label on there. Uh, it's supposed to be sweet and rich. That one we haven't tried. Uh, that one we have not tried, no. And uh, the Knob Creek. Number eight, Knob Creek Small Batch. Small batch. Rye. I don't know if that's a small batch. I don't know if we have a uh, Knob Creek We did Creek try the Knob Creek, yeah. Um... I don't think it's the same rye, but the one that we do have doesn't deserve to be on this list. No, it's, no. it's you know, Knob Creek is, that's sort of one you'll get in a casino in mm-hmm. Vegas because mm-hmm. that's what they've got. Uh, number seven, the High West coming in at number seven. Uh, I like yeah, the High actually, West. I like the High West. I do, uh, you know, I can never find spicy it and rich notes, but that's one thing that I do remember about the High West was the spiciness on that. Very good. Number six. Here we go in the front is wheelhouse. The Jack Daniels single barrel rye. I won't be moving on from these. You know, the uh, number six, Jack Daniels single barrel rye. What do you think? We haven't tried. We tried the regular Jack Daniels rye and it wasn't that good. 
It, it, it tastes like Jack Daniels with a little bit of spice added to it. I almost bought this today, I, yeah. but at Bevmo, it was like 90 bucks. That's crazy. Yeah, no. I mean, I, it, the one that we did try was not that great. I mean, and, and obviously, we haven't tried this one yet, so I can't really give my opinion on yeah, this Yeah, I was one. staring at it. I'm like, I kept staring at Jack Daniels and then the price tag and then Jack <laughs> Daniels and then the price tag. And I'm like, that can't be, that can't be right. Yeah, no. Uh, number five. Wow. This is the one. This is the reason I wanted to talk Jim about this Beam. list. Number five. Pre. Is we did Jim Pre Jim Beam Pre Prohibition style ride that was not we did a ride taste test and this was not in your top five or not in your top uh, was two it the, was it the pre prohibition one though yeah this is the one this is the one did you look at the shelf yeah this at, is the you one look, you looked at our collection that's the one yeah this is the one yeah no, well I mean it got a ninety a, a ninety which is pretty interesting I mean it has spicy vanilla notes. You but hated they, it. they forget the peanuts. <laughs> you, you, I, I tasted it right away. I'm like, peanuts, this is uh, definitely Jim Beam. <laughs> but not but that it's five, a bad wife. But coming in it's at not five. A bad, but this does not deserve to be above Michter's or the High West uh, or or the uh, Balconis. It does not deserve to be that high because it's not your typical um, rye. It doesn't have the spiciness of these other ryes. And that's what you enjoy in ryes is that spicy yeah. finish. And this didn't have much of it. To me, the Jim Beam was, was yeah. I mean, I, I didn't mind it, but it's more of a mixer. Yeah. Number four, the Russell's Reserve. We did have that one. We, no, we had the 10, we didn't have this one. We had the 10 year. Oh, uh, we had Russell, the 10 year. Yeah. Um, this one we've never tried. Uh, I'll look for it on the shelf. But it's uh, yeah, sweet and rich. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe not in our wheelhouse, mm-hmm. but uh, number three, the Sazerac Straight Rye, fruity and rich. Yeah, I've had this one. No, no, I don't like it. I mean, I I think it's the the finish is way too harsh. Really? Um, I mean, there's spiciness. Obviously, I'm I'm not sure where they get the fruitiness from, but I just got a lot of just uh, oh, it's just a harsh 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 finish on the back of my throat. Just sipping on that, I don't think it deserves to be number three. Interesting. Uh, next, we have the Rittenhouse Rye Bottled in Bond. Which is what we tried. That's, that's when we were doing the uh, remotely uh, recorded podcast. We had the Rittenhouse Rye, and I think well, it's too high on the list. What's good about this uh, rye is it's very cheap. It's about between $20 and $25 for this. And for the flavors that you get between that $20 $25 price range, it is a very good rye, but just not number two. Number two. Yeah, I wouldn't rate it above those others. Yeah, I mean, it had a beautiful color to it. I don't remember the flavor. It has, I, I, it has a, well, cause I, well, this is one of the ones that I still have at my house. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the collection is, is, is here, um, but this is one that I've also had more recently. I just sipped on it. Um, and, you know, you get a lot of spice. You get a, a, a nice spicy finish to it. But I wouldn't rate it above some of the others. I definitely wouldn't. And number one, Woodford Reserve Straight Rye. Number one rye under yeah. 50 bucks. No. We have had it. We've had it. We've and had it. again, this is one you'll find at every bar, airplane or uh, airports, <laughs> Vegas. Maybe on an airplane. Uh, uh, Ruby Tuesdays, Applebee's. <laughs> You're going to find a Woodford Reserve rye in most of those places when you ask for a rye this will be their top shelf rye mm-hmm. um what do you think about coming in at number one above the mictors above the balconis i would have put the balconis way higher uh well i put it, i would have put the mictors at um number one number or two one or two yeah number number one or two i i really am a big fan of the mictors uh the woodford reserve i probably would have put towards the top number 13 probably on this list because it is 
It's too soft. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I remember it being That's just a, a little too soft, a little watered down. See, I mean, it, it just it didn't give you that rye. Nope. It, it I didn't, agree. Yeah. I, I just I just don't see it. I don't know why it's rated so high here, uh, but it definitely doesn't deserve to be number one. Yeah, it has a 53% rye mash bill, which is a little low. Uh, this is your hotel bar Yeah, rye. It's good. It's smooth, but it doesn't deserve to be that high. Yeah, I mean, at the top, at 13... Balconis, I would have put that Not higher. Not enough respect. Not enough respect to the Balconis. And the Mictors, I would have put higher. And the yeah. High West, I would have put higher. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, and well, you know, those are ones that we have tried on the show, along with the Woodford, along with that Jim Beam. Um, some of the other ones we haven't tried, but the ones that we have tried, I would rate them a little differently. Yeah, and you could probably take the Jack Daniels and the Jim Beam off here. They probably pay and that Sazerac, a lot of money for these websites uh, yeah, and advertising. The, the, so the Sazerac, I would have definitely, I would that wouldn't even be on my list at all. It was that bad. It, it well, not bad, but it's not bad, but it's not a, you know top thirteen. It's not the number three, definitely not. Ugh. All right, Franny, can we move on? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes, let's move on, Ben. Let's move all on. Right, what's next up on the big board? It's our beverage of the night. It is a cognac, Ben. And uh, do you have some information for us? It is the Pierre Ferrand Amber Ombre. I do indeed. This is the Pierre Ferrand's high proof cognac. That is that the one? That's his original formula, eighteen forty. Is that the one? Is that the one? I don't think so. Uh check the bottle. Different bottle. Oh, this is the ombre. All right. Yeah, ombre. Hold tight, everybody. Ombre. We're going to get some information for you, and we'll be right back. So hold tight. All right, and we are back, and Ben has the correct information now for us. He pulled up the wrong. It was it was the same um, distiller, uh, but not the right type of cognac. But now you have the information for us, Ben. Cognac, Pierre Ferrand, Ombre. Yes, indeed. Pierre Ferrand, Ombre Cognac is produced on the Ferrand Estate, located in the heart of of the Grand Champagne Growing Crew, the most sought-after appellation in Cognac. Pierre Ferrand's 27 hectares are among the finest in Grand Champagne. Pierre Ferrand produces only Grand Champagne Cognacs or Cognacs crafted exclusively from grapes known and grown in the chalky soils of the Grand Champagne. Appellation d'Angers, Controle designation. The Logis Dion, wait, the Logis Diangiac Loge. Is, <laughs> is that how you say that? I'm guessing probably. <laughs> Franny should probably read this. You want to read the rest of it? Where, where are you at right now? I just ended. The Cognac Ferrand offices? <laughs> yeah, the second paragraph. Uh, the Cognac Ferrand offices and blending hall are located at the Chateau de Bombenon at Ars. <laughs> Are uh, in Cognac region of France. The Chateau de bon- Bonnet was formerly owned by the Martel family and is now also where Cognac Ferrand's master blender A. Gabriel resides. Pierre Ferrand is producer of a wide range of champagne cognacs, including Pierre Ferrand Cognac 1840 original formula. 
Pierre Ferrand Ombre Cognac, Pierre Ferrand Esprit de Doux, Pierre Ferrand Cognac Selection de Agnier, and then Pierre Ferrand Abel Cognac. I think we should probably take some French lessons, Ben. So we can <laughs> yeah, get these down. exactly. <laughs> it's not an easy language. No, That's definitely not no, easy. no, no. All right. We tasted, oh, the Pierre Ferrand Ombre review. Uh, we tasted Pierre Ferrand Ombre Cognac neat in a cognac snifter. Here is our review. This is from cognac.com. Price. Pierre Ferrand Ombre Cognac is priced higher than any of the big four Hennessy, Remy Martin, Martel, and Curvassier Cognac Houses VSOP offerings, but lower than any of their XO offerings. So this this cognac in particular is about uh, 40 bucks or so. Alcohol, 40%, 80 proof, obviously. Age, Pierre Ferrand Ombre is a blend of Eau de Vie uh, made from Uni Blanc and Colombard grapes from the Grand Champagne Appalachian. 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 Uh, the Eau de Vie is aged 10 years in French I don't even know what the fuck that is. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a tough one. Thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah, well. Oak barrels, while a Pierre Ferrand Ombre uh, could be designated an XO Cognac, the family marks it as O. <laughs> What's a one ER? One ER. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that's one year. Crew de Cognac. Uh, the bottle label, uh, Pierre Ferrand Ombre is packaged in a clear top down tapered. Uh, style bottle, uh, bottle. <laughs> See above and below. Uh, well, anyways, it's a beautiful bottle, Ben. It's, it's a definitely, <laughs> it's definitely a beautiful, beautiful bottle. The nose is orange, floral, rose, and violet. Uh, the mouth, while aged for ten years, uh, even though it's not marketed that way, Pierre Ferrand Ombre is less tannic than other similarly aged cognacs due to aging in trans. Wow, <laughs> barrels which uh, have a tighter grain and are less porous than limousine oak barrels, which are more commonly used for aging most cognacs. Bright flavors, citrus and green tea flavors are evident with light wood spice. In the finish, very long finish of orange, turning vanilla, almond, vanilla slash almond, then black pepper. Overall, Pierre Ferrand Ombre is in a class of its own aged as long or longer than many currently marketed XO cognacs. This cognac is delicate, elegant, and has a youthful freshness of a VS with some of the complexity of an XO. As such, this cognac is ideal for sipping and mixing. We tried it with a splash of ginger ale and a twist of... See, I wouldn't even do that. I wouldn't do that. Yeah, why would you do that? I don't know why you would do that. If it's something that's supposedly aged for 10 years why add anything to it yeah let's try it the way it has been but it had some awards though gold medal at the cognac masters december 2009 and gold medal 91 out of 100 at the beverage tasting institute in 2009 that was fun for me to listen to friday just so you know (laughs) i mean if it it was any other language french is a little difficult yeah if it was like ukrainian he'd be all over it oh yeah (laughs) except for the cyrillic probably but cheers ben Ooh, smells nice. Actually, it's been chilling outside because it's a little bit colder now than when we started the uh, the uh, podcast. Um, so it is a little it's chilled. Nice, actually get more of a scent now from it, more of an aroma uh, from our Glencairn uh, glasses, and it's it's very 
very. It's, I do it's, get some sweetness. I get a little citrus. Oh, it's definitely sweetie. Uh, sw- sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> hey, sweetie. <laughs> no, definitely a lot of sweet sort of aromas coming through. Like you said, Ben, uh, some citrusy notes. Got a little spirit, but it's it's very little spirit. See, I'm not getting that. I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh, a lot of fruitiness from it. It's Ooh, a very violet. nice, that reminds me of back east. sweet sort of scent coming from that. I like the nose, though. Oh, I mean, it, it's got it a, smells. It's delicious. got a nice, clean, smells clean delicious. Nose smells delicious. I mean, Let's nothing in there. It doesn't smell at all. Sort of. Um, Sometimes you get like sort of a rotten smell. Or dank not, not rotten. <laughs> dank, is bro. Dank, bro. Is this, is but this, something that's just not right. This really smells is this like from San Diego, bro. It doesn't smell like it was 10 years old. It smells like it was literally <laughs> distilled and given to me uh, as quickly that's, as that's possible. That's the whole point. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give it a taste. All right. Cheers, Ben. Oh, that's good. Smooth. Oh my god, it is it is little bit of a little bit of a nice sort of you know, pounds me in the back of the throat on the finish. See, I don't get I don't get a I don't get that. I'm I'm just getting a very smooth finish, has a lot of vanilla. A lot of vanilla, a lot of sweetness, slight fruitiness. Um but this is definitely I mean for for the price range, uh, you know, for around forty dollars for this cognac. Maybe it's the pepper I'm getting. It is it is very sippable. Oh, for sure. I, mean, for, I don't know why you'd mix this with anything. You know, I mean, there are other cognacs that we've tried that were around the same price range that had um, that sort of, you know, harsher finish. Whereas this one, at least for me, it just goes down very smooth. It's light, but then you get a lot of creaminess. The mouthfeel is very creamy. Um, this, is, this is good. I and, and, you know, we haven't tried a lot of cognacs on the show, Ben, but every single cognac that we've tried, I've been a very big fan of. Yes, you good. like the sweet... Vanilla. Well, we did do a cognac taste test, and we, we do at least we, one, we, so we, we did, so we, we must have had at least five. Yeah, no, we, we this. I think this is our seventh cognac uh, on the podcast. But there's no. I mean, on the on the entry in the mouth, it's it's literally it's light as smooth Siri, and light as it gets. I mean, it once, doesn't give you any harshness at all mm-hmm. on the on the initial. But then after you, you know, you get that creaminess. On the tongue, um, a little bit of that pepper. I think maybe the pepper. There's, there's just a little bit of spice to it. There's a little bit of spice, um, which I like. I mean, I like mm-hmm. a heart, not a harsh, but I like a peppery, spicy finish on whatever it is I'm drinking, even if it's just a peaty, smoky finish, like on a on a on a scotch. Yeah, I mean that that Remy that we had a few weeks back, I still think is a little bit better than this. Um, you know, it's about ten dollars more than this. But for the price range, this is a very solid uh, cognac, and and the bottle is also it's a beautiful bottle. Ooh, I mean, I, I it's it. So this is some. I mean, it's it's definitely French. Well, all cognacs are French, right? Franny's laughing at me. <laughs> I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find a little bit of a sound effect for you folks, even if it's very very short.
right. That's uh, all that you good. get. That was good. <laughs> That's all you get. <laughs> that was good. No, but I like it. I mean, it, it's almost gotten, I mean, it's got a, such what? a soft honey vanilla. Did it play through the, the audio, though? I mean, we heard it. Did it play through? It should have. Oh, I don't oh. think it did. Oh, <laughs> I had it on, but it didn't play so, through. Maybe it did. So you got I, some I, silence I, I, there I, for I, no reason. I, it was yeah, but uh, there was some very nice French music. Whether you heard it or not, we we're still working on uh, this uh, new computer, computer now. Yeah. Um, but me, me and had me and Ben had a very good moment of silence right there. Yeah, just tasting and enjoying the. Uh, yeah, so not sure. The if it cognac. Came it it should have come through. No, but where would you rate this, Ben? Um, on a rating scale, one to ten, where would you rate this cognac? I'd give it probably a seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I, would, I would give it an eight. You know, I, I really do like the creaminess. I like the um, the fruitness, the vanilla uh, flavor that comes through very strongly. The slight spiciness on the finish, um, but, you know, no harshness to speak of, at least for myself. Um, very good. Very solid offering. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, apologies. Not sure why that didn't come through on your side. Uh, we'll work on this and we'll get it for you next week. Funny. Anything else uh, to add about the cognac? Uh, no. All can right. Can we move on? Yeah. Can we move <laughs> on? All right. Next up, folks. What's next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have our beer of the week, which is a domestic beer. The last few weeks, we've tried international beers. Uh, so tonight, it is domestic from. San Diego. All right. Hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back. All right. And we are back with our beer of the week. It is the Baby Mango from Novo brewery i'm guessing that's what it says on the can there's not much information on the can it's a really cool looking design on this can ben i'm sure you have some information for us maybe there is we it, go is that is that playing now that's that, the music that's that the i music. was trying to play before is it, is it okay now it's playing a little bit yeah now we're getting see we're 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 yeah. working through this uh, slowly but so, surely, folks. So when me and Ben were quiet for about 21 seconds, <laughs> that's the music. This is what you were supposed to be hearing that, in the background. That's what was playing in the background. So, sorry to uh, all the cognac drinkers out there. Yeah, thanks, Ben, for uh, playing the music. Uh, you know, <laughs> a few minutes after. <laughs> the fact. That, yeah, exactly. But that's exactly what, you know, everybody should have been listening to. But anyways, do you have some music for us, Ben, some San Diego music? I don't have any San Diego, and he knew I, did. I didn't have any. <laughs> I, didn't. Um, I didn't think so. So here we go. This is the Novo, what's it, Novo Brazil Brewery or Novo, uh, yes, I think it's a Novo Brazil Brewing Company in Chula Vista, California. Oh, yeah. You can barely read that on the on the can itself. This is the Baby Mango. Uh, this is a beautiful beer from San Diego. The color is pale orange. The flavors are mango, malty, sharp bitterness, bready, peach, grapefruit, and green pepper. Green pepper. Hmm. Description is a session IPA with a touch of tropical fruits, mangoes, 
peaches, and a little peppery bite. The alcohol by volume is 4.9%. The IBU is 55, right in the bitterness mid-range. And it's a style of a session IPA. Uh, does it make you want to go to Cody's house, Ronnie, the smell of it? <laughs> I don't know, bro. bro. It doesn't smell as dank, bro. Is that no. other? No, bro. No, dude. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's a bummer, dude. Actually, you should probably have some Weezer play in the background. That's, that's what you should have. <laughs> Next time we try a beer. Oh, we. Oh, I just. What is it? I look just like Buddy Holly. Is that is that Weezer? That's Weezer, yeah, right? I don't know about the OEO part, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, I think they say something like that. Like, yeah. oh, we. Let's just drink the beer. <laughs> but, <laughs> but what do you think of the smell? Uh, the nose, sorry. I mean, it's very citrusy. I mean, you can see where it gets its name from. I mean, it's 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 very mango-y. It has, I mean, it has a little bit of the dank. I mean, it does it, have, it, some it does have a little bit of skunkiness to it. But there's there's a strong sort of sweet mango as well. I mean, it's it's all kind of coming through. The nose is uh, nice. It's, it's I mean, it is nice very, and fresh. It, is, it, it, it smells very nice. Yeah. Dexter. <laughs> we go to Dexter's house this weekend. It smells good, man. All right, you want to give that's, it a taste? Let's give All it right. a shot, Not bad. Could use a little more carbonation, which is normally the case for us. And also a bit more hop. It's it's very it, Wham, it, bam, thank you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, when it first when it first hits your your tongue, it feels like there's gonna be a lot of hop on the and finish it, and the flavor, and it just sort of and it just dissipates. It goes away, and other flavors come through. I mean, you get a little bit of the mango, you get a little bit of citrus, but it's gone pretty so fast, quickly. Um, and there's almost like a there's almost like a sourness to it um but not the right type of sourness to it almost almost like a, also like a metallic sort of flavor i know i'm not uh, getting that to it i mean i like the fact that it, it's not so heavily mangoed I, I actually kind of expected that it would be a lot of mango in there it's not so heavily mangoed yeah but for, uh, the nose is nice the, the, the entry is nice the flavor on the tongue is nice but as soon as you taste it and swallow it it's gone but it has the lingering sort of flavor on the back of your tongue, though. That sort of it's a left, hoppy. leftover, leftover dankness. I Ugh, would say, I bro. mean, right on the back of your tongue, it, and it's not a crisp finish. I mean, it, 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 it when it first goes down, you think it's gonna be crisp, and then it just sort of lingers on the back of your tongue, and you want it to go away, and it's not going away. I'm not getting that as much though. I still taste it. Did that wave? That wave just you know it took me in. I, I want a little more from it, but it just dumped me off at the shoreline. Yeah, bro. Uh, yeah. Cody's mom. Um. No, no I mean it actually is. A, it's fresher or more fresh, and more beer flavor, more IPA flavor than I expected from. See, I, a mango I, flavor. Yeah, but I, I wanted I mean, if it had a little more hop on the finish. I think it would be a great product. But the fact that it doesn't have enough hoppiness on the finish, I don't know. It's just not working for me. It's not doing it for you, Gidget. No. no. Mm. 
It's not bad. I don't know. I, I mean, I, so I wish it had a little bit more staying power mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. mouth. I'm yeah. not getting the metallic. I mean, it hits you with flavor. It hits you with flavor, and then it just dissipates pretty quickly. And then once it's down, it literally you get, disappears. You get, you get. I mean, you get, but that you get that lingering sort of flavor on the back of your tongue. That's not that great. I get a little dryness. Um, it's slightly dry, yeah. But I'm not getting the I'm not getting the lingering flavor that you're getting. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. maybe it's the the Jim Beam peach that, <laughs> that took that out of me. Yeah, I don't know. Where, where would you rate this, Ben? I'd pro- I'd give it an eight. An eight? Yeah. Wow. I think that's, it's that's really high. I think it's pretty good. Yeah. I see. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I'd, I'd give it a five. It's average. Five. Yeah. <laughs> It's average. Five? Yeah. Finally, I, I, we I, are more than two <laughs> numbers away from each other. I, 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 I kind of like it. I expected a little more from this beer. Um, the, the initial flavor I kinda like and it. the follow through, it seems like they're on two different spectrums. I don't know. I mean, I definitely like it. See, hits you with that nice mango hop. And then, and then it, you're just gone. And then if, if that flavor Stuck could around. stay with you, then it would be an eight. But the fact mm. that it's just gone so quickly and it doesn't leave you leave you with any sort of crispness, it's just gone and then lingering flavor and a little bit of sourness. I don't know. You know what it reminds me of? Europe in the summer. No, it doesn't. It reminds me of Europe in the summer. I don't know why. I don't know. Since we don't have any this is, mango this is, beers that we well, drink. Well, of course not. I don't taste the mango. The mango to me is could be any fruit. Yeah, I'm sure there's I mean, no but, actual. No, it's just, it's just citrusy. I mean, it's just the, the citrusy sort of flavor that you get from it. It hits you with a lot of nice flavor, but I'm just disappointed that it, it dissipates so quickly. And I guess I'm just giving that, that initial flavor mm-hmm. and the initial, the nose and the taste that when it hits my palate, I'm giving it its due. Mm. I like it. Mm-hmm. This feels like film festival <laughs> Vienna oh in, in I, I th- August. I, th- I think you just want to go back. I, 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 I definitely want to go back. I, I, well, so do I. I, I yeah, definitely. But, uh, but I, I, I think this uh, of the San Diego offerings. Yeah, bro. Bro, this is up there, man. This if is up there. If you want to destroy my sweater. <laughs> is oh, it, oh, oh, that's oh. Weezer. That's Weezer. That's right. <laughs> Why do people listen to that? <laughs> It's good. I don't know if they're from San Diego, but you know, there's the can right here. All right, here we go. But they definitely sound like they could be from San Diego. Oh, they probably are. Ben's pouring the rest of the beer in his glass. Oh, that's how you get the head. You just slop it right in the glass, and then you get the head on it. Yeah. No, I I actually think it's it's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, I like it. Oh, there's three more. <laughs> I'll say three more. Not tonight. <laughs> but yeah, there are three more of these. Uh comes in a four pack, nice cans. No, the cans uh, are beautiful. pretty good label. Um, uh looks like they definitely sort of printed the labels and stuck them on there down in San Diego yeah. in their in their brewery. But, no, but the, the initial flavor, the initial flavor is, is 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 really good. It's it's excellent, but the 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 follow through the finish for me is just not there. I'm interested in trying uh, you know, possibly one of their other offerings. And they have a a, a pretty yeah, they have good group of offerings, yeah. yeah. And I and I love the fact that the cans are coming back. Mm-hmm. I've always, always, always preferred uh drinking from from draft or from a can. Oh. I just feel I'm like the, a glass the bottle, while it's more classy per se it it 
the glass and the and the sunlight that gets into the bottle, it just changes the flavor of even the cheapest beers. Um, I've always liked drinking more so out of a can or out of a keg. Mm-hmm. All right, Franny, what's next up? Wait, can we move on? Uh, yes, yes, oh. I believe we can. What is next up on the big board, Franny? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping. To well, we made it. We made tonight. it. Yeah, I know it was. Yeah, we sat out here for a long time, one uh, trying to figure out what was going on with the initial computer that we that we were using for the podcast. Uh, so we apologize for any of the uh, technical difficulties that we had along the way yeah. and the lack of sound effects that we had along the way. Uh, but we'll we'll definitely try to figure out. Uh, what happened with the computer, but this is why all you podcasters that are podcasters out there always have at least one backup computer in the house. Otherwise, you are definitely screwed. We tried actually deleting the program that we used to record the show a couple different times and, and downloading it again, and even that didn't work. Uh, so definitely have a backup plan if you're a podcaster and uh, Audacity uh, won't do it in most cases. Uh, so definitely have a backup plan. All right. So we are a show since 2018 about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstinggold.buzzbrow.com. From there, you can subscribe and listen to all of our past episodes. You can check out the show notes for each show. And in there, you can get links to all the stories that we cover, all of the bourbons, the whiskeys, the browns, the cognacs, the ryes that we review. Uh, you get links to all the podcatchers, all of your typical podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, CastBox, Pandora. We are on Pandora, folks. Please check us out on Pandora. Uh, you can download the podcast directly from our website, or you can subscribe. You can email us at podcastthirstinggold at gmail.com. You can call us on the phone number or from the phone number that's listed in our show notes. And you can follow us on my mediocre to average Twitter account at Goal Thirst and on Franny's amazing Instagram account at Thirstand. And you can check out all of the photography that we post. We post pictures of all of the beers that we drink, all the shots that we drink and all of the browns that we drink, and occasionally pictures of ourselves actually uh, recording the podcast. Franny, anything to add before we finish up the show? Thank you so very much, everybody, for listening, and sorry for the you know the technical difficulties that we've had like ben mentioned with uh you know, missing sound effects and you know silence for 20 <laughs> 21 <laughs> seconds or so that it was that we were listening to that fantastic uh french music thank you so very much yes thank you all and we'll see you next week